This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Dover Downs International Speedway. Well, Eli Gold touched on the fact that it might be very, very hot here this afternoon, but Eli, I think everybody's going to get a break because the, the television earlier this morning and the weather bureau in this area is now saying that a cool front may touch in this area and drop it down somewhere in the mid-80s, and that will be a blessing for everybody down on Pitt Road, so at least they'll get a break in that department. The story of this race could be a new face in Victory Lane. The potential is certainly there. Young Michael Waltrip has been knocking on the door to get to Victory Lane for more than a year and a half, and he had got his first bush pole here this weekend. You talked with him in the opening of the show, and I think the, the youngster is really pumped up. He's got the tools to do the job with, as they say, and I think he now has the experience, the enthusiasm, and certainly the team behind him to put himself in victory lane with a little luck. He's found himself at the top of the field in Bush Grand National Competition uh, here at Dover in years gone by, driving his brother Darrell Waltrip's Bush Grand National car. But this is also a racetrack where some fellas have some unfinished business to take care of. This was the only race a year ago that Dale Earnhardt failed to finish. And at the same time, this year, Rusty Wallace has not been around the finish of a race since winning at Bristol way back on April the 14th. And they need to shake themselves out of those doldrums because they have now dropped from 5th to 12th in the Winston Cup points. So a lot of stories to unfold and some personal battles that will be waged here throughout the afternoon. Let's take a look at the 35-car starting lineup for today's Budweiser 500. Shotgun on the field is the man who won the pole for this event back in 1977, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina. His Pontiac is 35th. 34th is Chad Little of Spokane, Washington, and the Labatt's Beer Ford. 33rd, Bobby Labonte in his first Winston Cup start from Corpus Christi, Texas. 32nd is Bobby Hamilton out of Nashville, Tennessee. 31st starter, Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina. And an interesting story in 30th start spot. That's Bobby Hillen, who has rented for this week and next week the Jimmy Means car. Bobby Hillen, who is 14th in Winston Cup points, will drive that car before he takes over as the new replacement driver for Kyle Petty, effective in Pocono. 29th starter, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. 28th is Mickey Gibbs of Glencoe, Alabama. 27th, Joe Rutman of Upland, California. 26th position, Tommy Ellis of Richmond, Virginia. Starting 25th, Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin. 24th will be Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington. He's the defending champion of this race. We'll talk a little bit about Derek Cope's efforts as the afternoon goes by. Starting 23rd is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi. 22nd, Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee. And 21st, Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina. 20th will be Dale Jackson. Howard of Conover, North Carolina. 19th, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri. The 18th starter is Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. 17th will be Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia. Brent start your engine. As you hear the command to fire the engines, Brett Bodine from Chemung, New York, with start 16th. 15th is Kenny Wallace driving in relief of Kyle Petty. Kenny from St. Louis, Missouri. 14th starter is Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia, will start 13th. 12th is Hutch Strickland of Calera, Alabama. That team bound to win a race shortly. And 11th, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama. Quick look at the top 10. Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, starts 10th. Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, will be 9th, 8th starter. Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas. Seventh position, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California will go from sixth starting spot. Fifth is Mark Martin of Batesville, uh, Arkansas. Fourth starter, Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin. Starting third, Rick Mast of Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia. On the front row, Rusty Wallace out of St. Louis, Missouri. Starts outside pole. And Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky has the number one starting spot this afternoon. So the field is set 35 strong to go racing in the Budweiser 500. It is live from Dover Downs in Delaware. 
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Budweiser 500. We're back at the Dover Downs International Speedway. The cars you heard fire up there just a moment ago in the background have now pulled onto the racetrack, and the preliminary indication is what? Three laps? Right. It'll be three laps in total, and they'll have two remaining now as they have completed the first warm-up lap behind the Oldsmobile pace car being driven by Elmo Langley. Always interesting to look over the racing fans here at Dover, Delaware. It's not all that often that the Winston Cup Series runs north of the Mason-Dixon line, and these fans have turned out. One of the stories they're watching is Richard Petty today. Richard is the only driver to have run in every Winston Cup race here at Dover, and appropriately, this is his 43rd start for car number 43 at the Monster Mile. And as the field comes off the number two corner right now and works down the back straightaway some 1,076 feet long, they are in front of Joe Moore from Hampton, Virginia. He'll be covering the action on the back straightaway for us today. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Certainly a spectacular view from the back stretch looking back towards the front grandstands. They're completely packed. The infield filled as well as everyone's ready for the start of the Budweiser 500. This back straightaway, one of the trouble spots for the drivers, particularly when they first come off turn two. The banking some 24 degrees high at both ends of the speedway. The racetrack is about 58 feet wide through the turns. Now it narrows down to 48 feet here on the back straightaway, and it really causes some concern because even though it's only 10 feet, it really seems when you're up to speed to be really narrow coming off that corner. So a lot of trouble we've seen throughout the early part of the week in practice and qualifying there. At the end of this back stretch, back up 24 degree banking into turn number three and four and back around to the start finish line. So that's the story on the scene set here at Dover Downs. A very unusual speed plant in that the one-mile super speedway, which, by the way, is one of the few truly certified miles in all of America. It is exactly one mile. That track surrounds a horse racing track, the harness racing action that does not coincide with this event, obviously, but there's a full harness racing track on the infield side of Dover Downs International Speedway. On the front row, a couple of Pontiacs. It is Michael Waltrip and Russell. Rusty Wallace sharing that front row. A white Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra is pacing the field with Elmo Langley driving. Atop the flag stand is Staff Sergeant Lawrence Kirby. He represents the men and women of the Dover Air Force Base and all of those who participated in Operation Desert Storm. And as he gets set to wave the green flag, we are set for the first of 500 laps, 500 miles here at Dover. 
Here's Barney Hall. Pace car in behind the pit wall. They're out of turn four, and they waste no time. And coming up through that gearbox as a green flag is in the air. Rusty Wallace on the outside. They go off into turn number one, and Michael Waltrip gets a jump on him as they hit the corner. Waltrip scoots in front, taking the low line. Rusty Wallace falls in line behind him in single file. Then Rick Mass third in line. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. Fifth now on the move is Mark Martin. Harry Gant is sixth. The battle's for seventh. Rick Wilson there on the inside of Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin takes the outside groove. The other cars going backwards are Terry Labonte and Darrell Waltrip. Both men lost a number of spots on the start, but that battle for seventh still a good one as Michael Waltrip leads the race, but Irvin and Wilson battle in the corner. Irvin will have to give going into turn number one. He went a little bit high. Rick Wilson able to get by. Now down to the inside of Wilson is Dale Earnhardt. Tries to pull alongside Wilson as he head to turn three. Davey Allison did cut just a little slack to let Rick Wilson get back in single file. Otherwise, he would have lost another four or five spots. Here they are, back at the line. Michael Walker is still the leader as they work back into turn number one. Rusty Wallace turns up the wick, trying to get underneath him going to the corner. He won't be able to do it. One car broke loose on the front straightaway. Jimmy Spencer tagged the wall and scrubbed along there for a while. He now falls back in the packaways, but it's still under speed. Michael Waltrip leads the way back to turn three. As they work back into the corner, Michael Waltrip working as low on the racetrack as he can. No chance for Rusty Wallace to make a pass to his inside. Jimmy Spencer, meanwhile, has yet to get back in line. The Mr. Peanut car is still caught to the outside and extensive right rear damage. We can see where the sheet metal has caved in darn close to those good years and now still he can't get back in line, Joe. Jimmy Spencer's going backwards. Spencer's working to try to get down in front of the Morgan Shepard car. That will not work. He's still battling on the outside. Shepard gets by down on the inside. Also Lake Speed next. Derek Cope pulls by. So Spencer continues going backwards. There's just absolutely nothing you can do if you get caught in that high line. Unless somebody will cut you a little breathing room, you're just going to keep losing position until the entire field gets by, and that's exactly what's happening to Jimmy Spencer. They're out of turn two and up the back chute with Michael Waltrip holding on to the lead. Rusty Wallace rides the number two spot. Still, it is Rick Mass third, fourth right now. That's Alan Kowicki. As they come out of turn number four and head back into turn number one, there's a good, strong battle going on for third place. Down to the inside goes Kowicki. He puts the move on in turn one. Kowicki put the four down on the inside of Rick Mast. Wasn't quite able to make the move. They'll go back into single file. Further back behind them, Harry Gant gets out of line. Almost loses a spot to Davey Allison, but Gant regains control, holds his position as they go back to three. As they work off the number four corner, back to the stripe. We have five, now six miles complete. 494 remain on what is a lengthy afternoon here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Only once has there been a race here that was running under four hours, and that was the fall event a year ago, the Peak 500, which completed in three hours and 58 minutes. So, Dick Brooks, in many regards, you can't lay back and afford to get lapped here, but can you pace yourself to some degree? Well, you certainly can. Uh, Eli, but you have to do it. You have to get yourself positioned where you want to be in the early stages of the race, like uh, first 50 or 75 laps. Uh, you can go down. A car can get uh, half a second of a lap off or a quarter of a second of a lap off here and, uh, and get lapped off a quick. This racetrack is a mile racetrack, all right, but it's going extremely fast because of the corners, the way they're built. And uh, if you're off just, uh, you know, a quarter of a second or so, you get lapped pretty fast. So you need to get yourself positioned to where you want to be. Fifty laps, and then they start really pouring on again. So you've got to be 
able to maintain and stay in the same lap. And Dick Brooks knows his way around here, Barney, because he finished second in 1975, backed it up with another top five finished in 1977. So Dick knows of what he speaks. He had some good runs here in Junie Donlevy's car back uh, in those years. In fact, Junie Donlevy won the race here with, uh, I think, Jody Ridley as a driver a few, few years later. Here's the battle for second place. It's still a good tight one working out of turn number two and heading to three. Rusty Wallace slipped a little bit going into turn number one, lost some ground to Michael Waltrip, and it gave Rick Mast a chance to really reel him in. He's right up on the back bumper of Wallace. Also at the same time, Dale Earnhardt made the jump to the inside of the machines of Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin to take over fifth. Now the scramble is between Alan Kowicki and Rick Mast. They tried to swap it up for third spot in turn two. They'll work off the back straightaway, heading towards turn number three. That straightaway is so very short, just 1,076 feet. No chance for you to really rest or catch your breath at all, but they do manage to go single file this time. Single file, they work in the back stretch and up into turns three and four. Here they are back in the front straightaway and again working off into turn number one and a couple of cars we're seeing get a little bit high. Ricky Rudd got caught out of the groove there. He lost a couple of spots going through three and four just a moment ago. Best battle on the racetracks back there for third place. Ricky down to the inside of Rick Mast battling for that position. We are under caution for an incident that you kind of saw happening as it developed in turns one and two and finally reached that volcano on the back straightaway. Joe Moore? Dale Jarrett was trying to work down at the inside of the track, passing some traffic coming off turn two. The car got a little sideways. He thought he could regain control, but it looped completely around, and he's plugged into the back straightaway wall on the inside here and has done extensive damage to the front end of the car. We can see Dale inside the car. He's taking the window net down, getting ready to climb out. Safety crews are over here, but a lot of damage to the front end of the Sitco Ford. Tell you what, I've seen a lot of drivers have their share of bad luck, but Dale Jarrett has had more than double his share in the last couple of years. The car always runs good, but it just seems like something happens through no fault of his own. But talk about a team that has been jinxed a little bit. Dale Jarrett certainly had more than his share of it lately. 19 laps are on the board. We're working the first caution flag of the day. Pace car has already picked up the field. Don't see anybody peeling off the banking up in turns three and four, so it looks like they're going to stay out. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Out there. But we are about set to go back to green on lap number 24. The lead in the hands of Rusty Wallace. Michael Waltrip is second. Dale Earnhardt third. Alan Kowicki fourth. And Ernie Irvin is fifth. Sixth is Mark Martin. Harry Gant seventh. Rick Mast is eighth. Ninth belongs to Davey Allison. And Hutt Strickland is tenth as we go back to green. Single file restart. Pace car in behind the pit wall. Green flag goes up in the air. And Rusty Wallace takes off. And so does Dale Earnhardt. He's going after second place in turn one. Earnhardt down on the inside of Michael Waltrip. He'll sweep right on by and take the spot. 
Also, Ernie Irvin picked up a position. He went to the inside of Alan Kowicki, so move Irvin now up to the fourth position. In fifth is Kowicki, sixth is Mark Martin, seventh is Harry Gant, eighth is Rick Mast back into turn three. Everybody is holding their positions with the exception of Brett Bodine. Again, he got out of line earlier and it cost him a lot of spots. Now he's trying to pick those spots back up again. He'll grab 17th away from Terry Labonte by working the inside of the racetrack. Meanwhile, at the front, Dale Earnhardt wants the lead. Earnhardt looks down to the inside of Rusty Wallace. No chance to make the move. Further back in the pack at about 10th, Davey Allison has lost about four positions. Hunt Strickland got by. Rick Wilson and Ricky Rudd have all gone by the Ford of Davey Allison. And Davey Allison's car not sticking at the bottom of the racetrack like it was a little bit earlier this afternoon. He got a little bit high. That's all it took just to get him hung out there to dry, and he loses several spots. Good hot battle for the lead. Earnhardt takes a look underneath. Wallace out of turn two. And they make contact in turn number two. Earnhardt gets into the left rear quarter panel. Rusty gets a little sideways, gathers it back in, but Earnhardt gets a nose out in front in turn three. Oh, and Michael Waltrip had an idea to try and grab second. He's going to stand on it. Michael Waltrip tucks to the inside of Rusty Wallace, and after Earnhardt goes by, Michael Waltrip goes by, and now Ernie Irvin trying the same maneuver again in turn number one. Irvin looked at the outside of Rusty Wallace. No chance to go there. Now he'll peek down low in turn two. And again, Rusty closes off the lane. So they'll go single file, this time down the back straightaway. Earnhardt, one of the strongest cars in the field, very obvious. As we pointed out a moment ago, he started in 10th position. Already he has moved into the lead. They'll put 28 laps on the board this time across the start-finish line, back into turn number one. Field beginning to string out a little bit. Earnhardt is ahead by some five car lengths, two or three car lengths, back from Michael Waltrip now to the third-place battle. Earnhardt approaches one of the slower cars, the J.D. McDuffie car. He'll go around that machine. Michael Waltrip some four car lengths further back. Still problems for Davey Allison. He's back at about the 14th position, has lost another couple of spots and still battles that Ford. It just does not want to stay at the bottom of the track. We are on lap number 29 of 500. Let's go to the garage area, Gary Montgomery. Thank you, Eli. We just caught up with Dale Jarrett. First of all, Dale, tell everybody that you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Car, what happened? Yeah, after 22 car, what happened? That's all I know. I was running in line. We were trying to pass the 26 car that got high, and I was just right behind the car in front of me. So that's about all I can say. Well, the front end of the Sitco 21 is damaged, but you're obviously okay. Oh, yeah, I'm all right. It's just, you know, you, I don't, that's all I'm saying. So Dale Jarrett uh, done for the afternoon, so it sounds like. And we were talking about that whole situation there when uh, Brett Bodine got high. It did cause other cars to try and uh, alter their lines, and Dale Jarrett got caught uh, in the midst of all that. 30 laps are complete here at Dover. Dale Earnhardt, a man who has a little... Uh, score to settle with this racetrack. He leads. We told you very briefly at the outset that this was the only race a year ago that Dale Earnhardt failed to finish. The race was, what, 23 laps old, you might remember, when the engine came apart. They returned on lap 264 and eventually dropped out on the 399th lap. And Dale says, I owe this track one. And he's gone right to the front now to point out that he can conquer the Monster Mile. This afternoon, they've got history again. The largest crowd ever to see a race here at Dover Downs is on hand. Watching Dale Earnhardt pull away from the rest of the field right now. He has a comfortable lead. As a matter of fact, we've got to check and get the uh, stopwatch on this. You can no longer measure this in car lengths. The advantage is one and six-tenths seconds, but another story, Barney, is Michael Waltrip. That car's not working nearly as well as it was earlier. Well, he's having trouble keeping it down at the bottom of the racetrack. In fact, he slows a great deal this time going through turns one and two over there. As he heads off turn number two, he's he's probably got an engine problem because we saw some smoke coming out of that car, too. He's over in turn three. It was tough to tell if that was tire smoke or whether uh, it was an engine problem. And, uh, of course, he has one of the premier engine builders and Ken Wilson on the circuit. And it's uh, very difficult to tell. Let's check downstairs on pit lane. 
Uh, yeah, I think they got a heating problem. They're getting ready to get the water and stuff out. I'll uh, have something for you just in a minute. Now, he was smoking all right. Smoking the right front tires is coming off. He's going behind the wall. Michael Walker makes that hard left turn and will take the car to the garage area. We'll get a report there as quickly as we can as to whether that car will be through for the day or perhaps they can make some repairs and get him back into the race. But any chance he had of winning this thing is diminishing greatly to get his first Winston Cup victory, and they really thought they could do it here this afternoon. From here, we can see they have stopped the car just inside the garage gate, and the hood is up on his machine. Forty laps are complete. Dale Earnhardt threatening to drive off into the sunset, as he can do sometimes when Earnhardt really gets dialed into a racetrack, and that's exactly Exactly what he is in the Marty, Michael, Michael sitting in the car. Mike, what happened? I sucked all the belts off of it, Dick, and lost all pressure. And I just happened to be looking at the gauge, I guess, would have happened, and I set it down. So uh, if we get it all back on and it's not something rocking the pump up, we ought to be able to continue. All right, that's something that's hard to do. It's uh, I've done that from experience a time or two. If when that belt breaks, if you can catch it in time uh, before you lose enough pressure or before you lose your oil pressure long enough to bell the bearing or something, you can do it. It only happens one out of ten or so. If he was looking right at it and he reached the switch early enough, he may have saved it. Michael Walker sitting in the garage area. They're checking the car right now. As you heard him say, they lost the belt off the oil pump, causing the oil pressure to go down. They'll check that car and see if the motor is okay. And if it is, apparently they'll send him back onto the speedway. We should mention that uh, some of the drivers are now going to the full face helmets and the like. And uh, some of the answers from some of the drivers are a little more muffled than you're used to hearing in the past. That is because they are, in this case, like Michael, still in the car. And Dick Brooks is trying to maneuver the microphone in and around all that uh, helmet and safety gear. So we, I'm sure you understand. Let's go back downstairs again. Well, Eli some of these guys, uh, most of them now after what happened in Bristol and some of the other problems this year, they've had a they wear a face mask a heat resistant face mask and uh, Simpson's got a new helmet that uh, they use it for air conditioning that they blow uh, air through uh, a cooling unit and pump it into the helmet they put a full face shield on and, uh, and it's just like living in an air conditioned uh, you know, room of some sort I tried Rusty Wallace's on before the race, and I never seen anything like it. These guys uh, be able to drive them until they're 70 years old with this kind of stuff. You know, it's got fresh air, and it's nice and cool. But you're right, it's hard to talk to them. They're kind of isolated. Of course, those balaclavas, the full-face uh, fabric mask, have been very, very popular in open-wheel competition for many, many years. And now, as uh, Dick said, they are uh, very quickly gaining that similar popularity among the drivers in Winston Cup competition. 46 laps are on the board. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead in the early going here in the Budweiser 500. And right now, he is really opening up a lot of daylight on the second-place car of Rusty Wallace, who Wallace is off the pace a he little is. bit going through turns one and two. Well, they're going to bring Rusty in. Uh, the pit crew's out over the wall, and they got the sign up. They may have a tire that uh, they're a little bit afraid of uh, pushing just a little bit. Here's Wallace off the banking in turn number four. will bring the Miller car to the attention of his crew on pit road. That is going to move Ernie Urban up into the number two position right now as they wind around this racetrack. Let's follow Wallace's pit stop. He's in the pits. Well, he's coming up to the board. He's stopping. They're going to the right side. I think they were a little concerned about the, uh, the car. He's having a little trouble keeping it down on the racetrack as uh, Earnhardt passed him a while ago. He was trying and trying to back out early enough to keep the car turning in the middle, and he couldn't do it. So they're going to change all four tires on the car, so just in case it's one of the left sides, that they won't have to come back and do it again. They've got the right side down. They've got him full of fuel, now the left side's on and down, and away he goes. 
Wallace goes back onto the speedway. He has lost at least a lap, a little bit more than a lap, so he's got some catching up to do here. 49 laps come up on the scoreboard right now as Dale Earnhardt has really got it dialed in. When Earnhardt gets in the lead at any racetrack and can kind of set his own pace, he is an awfully hard man to deal with. And in the early going this afternoon, he is dominating the Budweiser 500. He's in the middle of the backstretch heading over to turn number three, takes that car right down to the bottom of the speedway, and it's very obvious that he's got it hooked up about as good as you can get it here at Dover. He's already come from 10th position to take over the lead this afternoon. Two cars are out of the event and in the garage area for the moment. Dale Jarrett apparently threw for the day after an accident and Michael Walker's car still being attended to in the garage area and we'll get a report there uh, if and when they can put that car back onto the racetrack. Now it is not nearly as hot today as it has been the last couple of days. Not to, uh, impl uh, not to imply that it's a cool day today because it is not temperature supposed to get up into the uh, middle 80s but that is down from the 96 and 98 degrees that we have been seeing over the last couple of days. So even at that regard, Dick Brooks, a 14-degree temperature change from yesterday to today, does that do enough being 14 degrees cooler to uh, affect the handling of these cars? Not quite the handling as much as it does the engine. Uh, these cars have to have a kind of a unique type of power setting on them or, or a little bit different than they do some of the other places because they're pulling so hard through the turns. Somebody, one of the drivers said, well, go. it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. You come down the front straightaway and you drop probably uh, 50, 60 feet down in the corner from up on top of the hill. Well, somewhere you have to make that back up and you do a go back up the other side and they do the same thing in three and four. So it's a little bit of a different type of power setting and the temperature, 14, 16, 18 degrees of temperature change could make a difference of uh, eight or 10 horsepower uh, in, in the engine, so it does have a uh, significant difference in the way the car is going to run, power-wise. Temperature-wise, uh, the track has uh, got a sealer on it that uh, the track only has to work uh, rubber into that sealer before the uh, temperature has a lot of effect on it. In fact, most of the sealer they're using nowadays actually get a little bit sticker, stickier <laughs> as, uh, as the tires get hotter. Uh, there was a left rear tire, by the way, flat on Rusty's car a while ago. Wallace is a little bit better than a lap down. We have completed 54 circuits around this uh, Dover Downs International Speedway this afternoon in the Budweiser 500. Continuing the lead is Dale Earnhardt. His advantage right now over the second place car, a little better than four and a half seconds over Ernie Irvin. 60 laps are in the books of the 500 here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Dale Earnhardt, got to give the man credit. He's got a great race car, that's obvious. But he is putting that car where others just will not go here today. Earnhardt going down low, up high, inside and outside of other cars. And he has lapped just about everything on the racetrack, with the exception of a guy sitting up in section RR. That's how well Earnhardt's getting around this place this afternoon. As we are 61 laps complete, and he just worked his way through about eight or nine cars, Barney. And it was almost effortless except uh, where he dared to put the car when others necessarily wouldn't have. That's what I said about Earnhardt a minute ago. Once they get the car dialed into a racetrack where he can do anything with it at all, he's just awfully tough to beat. Particularly if he's a leader, he can, he can choose the own speed and pace that he needs to get around the speedway. When he catches traffic, he knows what that car will do. He's doing a good example of it right now, coming underneath Tommy Ellis through turns three and four, just pinned it right to the bottom of the racetrack. There wasn't much room there, but he went right on anyway, so Ellis 
not Ellison, let's make that Morgan Shepard's car, but Earnhardt can just stick it right at the bottom if he needs to go up two lanes. He's one of the few cars that we have seen move up out of that bottom groove because that second groove, we talked about it yesterday in the Bush Grand National race here, it didn't seem to work up. Remember last time we were here and they put that sealer on, they were running three wide through the corners. We haven't seen any of that today. We didn't see any of it yesterday, although the groove is beginning to move up a little bit, not nearly as quickly as it normally does when they put a sealer down. So I think we're going to see some single file racing for a while here until they get a little rubber down a little bit higher up in that racetrack, and then we're going to see some more aggressive driving as the day goes on. But for Earnhardt, it's a piece of cake right now. As the field works their way around the speedway now, pretty well spread out around the entire one-mile oval. Few of the cars still fighting to get themselves to uh, racing trim. One thing we are not seeing, we haven't seen Harry Gant uh, go all the way up to his Harry Gant-like line. Harry always likes to run up near the outside retaining wall, or at least he has in the past. Right now he's running in fifth spot and keeping the car very much down low along with anybody else. Uh, other cars now kicking out just a bit. Tommy Ellis this time has the uh, Budweiser Ford kick out just a bit on him in the corner. He gathers it back in. Also looks as though we're seeing a little smoke from behind Sterling Marlin's automobile. The Maxwell House Ford, difficult to tell uh, where that smoke might be coming from. We'll keep our eyes on that as he passes us here at start-finish. But uh, a lot of guys still fighting their race cars here in the early going. Let's go to pit road. Well, Eli, I think uh, 22 car Sterling Marlin has uh, about scared me to death down there about three times. I'm standing right on the end of pit row, and as he comes by, once in a while, it'll backfire on him, and uh, generally a couple big booms. Uh, I think that's uh, what's causing that, what you're seeing that smoke coming from. Generally, what causes that is uh, just a little bit of a leak, a pinhole or a clamp not really tight in the exhaust system. When they back out of the throttle, there's gases build up in there, and it gets a little fresh air through that leak, and it'll explode. You've heard uh, cars pop like that before, and uh, sometimes there's little fire shoots out of it. So I think uh, it's about the only smoke we've seen here, but I'll tell you, it sure is popping down at the end. Sterling Marlin still keeping some pretty good lap times around here. Doesn't have any major problems for the moment. 68 laps are complete in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. We're talking about the groove not moving up like it normally does. Ricky Rudd had a long conversation yesterday with Ricky about running this racetrack. He's one of the consistent runners when we come to Dover also. And he says, although there is several grooves nine times out of ten when you come to Dover that you can run, as Eli was talking about, Harry Gant running out against the wall. A lot of other guys like to run at the bottom. And Ricky says the place to be is at the bottom, although there are other areas you can run the car through the corners. Well, that's the object is to try to get it to run on the bottom of the racetrack, but... Uh, you know, like I said, the track is so wide, if you do miss your setup a little bit, you can, you've got the option of going somewhere else and running, and I'm not sure about it this, this race, but a lot of times Dover uses an asphalt sealer on this racetrack that it works pretty good. If you're down low and the car gets a little loose, you can move your uh, right front tire up the racetrack about another foot wider and uh, pick up a little bit of a push. And that works real good for about the first 250, 300 laps, and finally you keep hunting for that sealer and looking for that looking for that sealer puts the right front tire in and finally you end up chasing it all the way up to the fence and uh, late in the race it gets kind of hard to find uh, anything to tighten the car up other than your chassis adjustments but uh, it, it is a real wide racetrack uh, the best place to run when I've won here in the past couple of races was uh, to do it right on the bottom of the racetrack if you can get the car to work there that's the place to be 
Thoughts of Ricky Rudd about getting around this racetrack at Dover. And for the most part, the drivers will tell you if the car will do it and can get good laps times, they do like to run right at the bottom of the speedway. And for the moment, that seems to be just about where everybody is going, except for the cars that are having a little handling trouble through the corner. The Dale Earnhardt juggernaut continues. He has just gone around Brett Bodine to put the 17th place runner a lap down. And Earnhardt will just about do the same to the 16th place machine, Davey Allison, as they work through the corners. Little follow up on what happened here yesterday in the Budweiser 200. Davey Allison, who was leading, coming to the white flag, uh, apparently ran out of gas, as we had told you yesterday on the broadcast. As it turns out, when Davey's car was fueled at the gas pumps yesterday after the race, it took 17 gallons, and that meant there were about five gallons of gas still left in that uh, race car. And Davey told us he wasn't sure if it was... Uh, air in the lines or a fuel pickup problem, but it was clearly not a problem as far as miscalculation is concerned. They had five gallons of fuel left. They just couldn't get to it. So Davey settles uh, for a sixth place yesterday. The win, of course, went to Todd Bodine, who told us that he gets a lot of help from his brothers Jeff and Brett. Yeah, they always they always help me out. Uh, when I had my sportsman car, they both were right there and always working on it. And uh, You know, they They've been great. They give me tips about the tracks and setups and whatnot. It's, it's been a great help. So the story right now, Todd Bodine winning the Bush Series race yesterday over Jeff Gordon, Darrell Waltrip, Ward Burton, and Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte has his uh, point lead in the Bush Series, now 111 points over Kenny Wallace, who's in second. Davey Allison on pit road. Let's cover his stop real quick. Maybe not handed as well as he would like to. They took the chance to come in a little bit early, put in gasoline, and took on four Goodyear tires. So Davey Allison, four tires in gasoline. He's back on the speedway on lap 79. Didn't have a whole lot to lose. He'd already gone a lap down, and the car not working at all in the corner, so Davey elects to come in a little bit early. We'll see some more pit stops coming up in the next oh, 10 or 12 laps. Most of them will come in around lap 90 or so. We're at 79 now. 82 laps are complete of the 500 here at Dover Downs International Speedway. We are in the process of green flag pit stops. While we were gone, Derek Cope brought the Purolator Chevrolet down the pit lane. Now on lap number 83, here come Mark Martin, Hutch Strickland, and Alan Kowicki. Those men all running among the top three, four, and five positions. They pit together. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin uh, made his stop first. Hud Strickland uh, was running behind him. He's got uh, the right side off of uh, Mark's car. They got a, uh, they're just going to change right sides. They've got him full of fuel and let him go. Hud Strickland's car, they're, they're going to change all four on his car. And they're having a problem with the right front. So they uh, just now got that done. And they're around uh, changing the left side. So he's going to be here in a long, long time. Alan Kowicki's down. Seeing some other cars make stops also. Terry Labonte brings his machine into the attention of his crew. Dave Marcus is on pit road. Jim Phillips. They go to the right side on Terry Labonte's car, plus the track is on the left side. And as a matter of fact, they're going to change all four tires on Terry Labonte's car. Dave Marcus is in the pit area getting service, gasoline and tires. Now Bobby Hillis brings the Jimmy Reed car into the pit lane. They're going around to the right side on his machine. Derek Cope is in on lap 80 the work in 14.8 seconds but they had a penalty because one of the crew members was over the line too, too quick over the wall. Jeff Bodine is in. He's got the outside tires with gasoline. 
Ernie Irvin has also brought his Kodak film machine to the attention of his pit crew. They're changing right side tires on it, and they'll send him back onto the racetrack. Sterling Marlin going back onto the speedway. Now, these are our regular scheduled pit stops. They would have come somewhere between lap 80 and about 92. Usually, they'll pit a little bit early here on that first round of green flag stops. We'll see some more of the front runners coming onto pit road here in just a moment. Earnhardt, the leader, has yet showing no signs of being in a hurry to get into the pits. Here he comes through turns three and four slows a little bit, and Earnhardt, the leader, peels off the banking up in turn number four, really came down hard out of that corner. Now Ease is on the pit road. Let's follow the leader's pit stop. Dale Earnhardt is down toward turn one. Well, he's coming down to the attention of the crew. They're uh, over the wall now, picking up the right side. They're going to do four tires on this car. Ernie Irvin's team only did two, but they took almost ten seconds longer to fill the fuel tank than after they got the uh, tires changed. So, didn't gain much by uh, not putting left side tires on because they stayed so long to get the fuel in. Uh, Earnhardt's car's the right side's done, the left side's done, and they're full of fuel to go. Bill Elliott's car also being serviced on pit road. Ted Musgrave's machine is in the pits. Also, Lake Speed brings the Trop Arctic car to the attention of his pit crew. He is down on the way and going back onto the racetrack with 89 laps are being posted up on the scoreboard right now. And with this rash of pit stops, Kenny Schrader is the latest to move up into the lead. He has yet to come on to pit road. Here comes Ricky Rudd in. Bobby Hamilton is in the pits. Harry Gant is in. Let's go back to the pits and Dick Brooks. Well, Rudd had to go around the tire. He's fitting just in the pit stop in front of pit stall in front of the Gant car, and uh, Harry Gant's uh, right front tire kind of rolled off the pit road just a little bit, and he had to go around it, so now that leaves him parked kind of scattywampus there in the pits in front of Harry. Harry's just down now on four new tires, and had to turn sharp to get out around him. Now, Rudd's car is down and away, but they only did right sides on it, no left side. As other cars now make their pit stops, Joe Rutman is in, Chad Little is in, and Bobby Labonte is back in for the second time, and we see a little smoke coming out of the exhaust pipes, and we'll check on that story as the race leader, Ken Schrader, is on pit road. Let's cover his pit stop. Well, they got the same thing. They're going to do uh, four tires on his car. It looks like they've got the right sides off, and uh, they've got the left sides loose. The right side is down, and they're jacking up the left side. So it'll be four tires for uh, Kenny Schrader's car. Richard Petty brings the STP Pontiac to the attention of his team, and they'll change right side rubber on it. Meanwhile, they continue to work on Bobby Labonte's car. This is his first Winston Cup start ever, and he's not been doing too bad. He's been making some pretty good moves out there. I'm sure he's just a little bit apprehensive and uncomfortable in the early going, but after he gets 100 laps or so under his belt, he'll do just fine. They're now showing 93 laps complete, and just about all of the front runners have been on pit road. Darrell Walker is being posted as the leader right now, and the scoreboard out in the infield area is showing Morgan Shepard up into the number two position. They would be apparently the last two cars uh, yet to make of the front running cars to make that pit stop. Once those two come in, apparently Dale Earnhardt will take over the lead just where he left off a moment ago. Stop and go penalty for Bobby Hamilton. He ran over the air hose of the impact wrench as he was exiting the pit lane before. So he's in for his stop-and-go penalty. Darrell Waltrip also pits here on lap number 94. And meanwhile, we told you what we saw as some telltale smoke on the Bobby Labonte car. They've brought the Slim Jim car down to the pit lane, and the crew's underneath the hood, Jim Phillips. Well, he's lost the cylinder he likes. Trying to make a few more laps. They checked the spark plugs and everything to make sure it wasn't that. It's still not running properly, but he's going to go back out and try to make a few more laps. 
We should mention that Bobby Labonte's fans are all invited to meet him and have lunch with him tomorrow in Raleigh, North Carolina. Bobby, who was the most popular driver in the Bush Grand National Series a year ago, will have his Bush Series car at the Goodmark Food Headquarters on Noose Road tomorrow from 11.30 in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They'll have free Jesse Jones hot dogs and uh, the Goodmark Food Headquarters, for those of you in the Raleigh-Durham area, is across the street from the Northridge Shopping Center in North Raleigh. That's tomorrow. Chance to meet Bobby Labonte and check out his Bush Grand National Penrose Firecracker car tomorrow from 11.30 until 2 at the Goodmark Food Headquarters on Noose Road in Raleigh, North Carolina. What if we get a little takeout on that? I would think so. It sounds fair enough. Here come other pit stops now on lap number 96. Mickey Gibbs is in, has the Team 3 Pontiac with the attention of Barry Dodson and the crew. And again, here comes uh, Bobby Labonte. And the problems will now, I believe, be serious enough to send him to the garage area. He's come down pit road at maybe 30 miles an hour, gone directly past his pit stall. So for the moment, it looks as though he'll join Dale Jarrett. And yes, he will make that left into the garage. So Bobby Labonte joins Dale Jarrett as the only car out of the race right now. And meanwhile, Joe Moore, Dale Earnhardt has some traffic to negotiate off turn Got a couple of cars that he's moving up on, Eli, that are racing side-by-side. Terry Labonte and Hunt Strickland, and that battle's been going on for some time. And now as they go into turn three, Labonte drops back, so now Earnhardt gets in between those two cars as he exits turn four. Dale was really smoking the tires about a lap or so ago when he ran up on some lap traffic up there and really had to get on the binders for just a second. But for the moment, he breaks free of most of that traffic and will ease on around the racetrack. 98 laps are coming up on the scoreboard here in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. Morgan Shepard is the leader. Now, Morgan will probably stay out there a while and and put some lead laps on this field because he pitted a little bit early this afternoon. If you remember, he came in at about lap number 20, so his pit stop is going to be a little bit out of sequence with everybody else, so he'll be able to stay out there a while, maybe get the break of a caution flag should one come out and take advantage of that. But for the moment, Morgan Shepard is being posted as a leader. Dale Earnhardt is second. Ernie Irvin being shown third. Fourth right now is Mark Martin and Jimmy Spencer, who also pitted about the same time Morgan Shepard did earlier this afternoon. He, too, will be a little bit out of sequence as far as the regular schedule pit stops. He's being shown as the fifth-place car. Six there posting Rusty Wallace. Seventh now. They are uh, showing the Tommy Ellis car. Eighth would be Lake Speed. Ninth, Sterling Marlin. Harry Gant is tenth. Eleventh place is Ken Schrader. Twelfth, Bill Elliott. Thirteenth is Rick Nash. Those cars, those top 13 are on the lead lap. Running in the 14th spot now. They are going to show the Alan Kowicki machine. Running in 15th position here in the Budweiser 500 is Ricky Rudd. In 16th spot, Rick Wilson. Hutch Strickland, 17th. 18th is Terry Labonte. Darrell Waltrip is 19th. And 20th is Richard Petty. 21st, Brett Bodine. Joe Rutman is 22nd. 23rd is uh, Ted Musgrave. Davey Allison is 24th. 25th is Derek Cope. The Jimmy Means car with Bobby Hillen driving is 26th. 27th is Bobby Hamilton. Kenny Wallace driving the uh, Kyle Petty car is next in line in 28th. Dave Marcus is 29th. 30th is Chad Little. 31st is Mickey Gibbs. J.D. McDuffie is 32nd. 33rd, some 13 laps back after that stay in the garage area, is Michael Waltrip. And the two cars currently out of the race already in the garage is Dale Jarrett. He is 34th and 35th is uh, the Bobby Labonte car, which they have now taken behind the wall and are continuing to work on. So that is the entire 35-car field here, one-fifth of the way through the Budweiser 500. 105 laps complete in the Budweiser 500. Dale Earnhardt is the race leader, and everything he is trying to do now, he is having to really work for. After bypassing many of the cars earlier, he has tried to put the uh, Hutch Strickland car a lap down, 
couldn't do it. And then Joe Moore, when he finally, uh, finally tried to get by him on the high side, all sorts of smoke was billowing off the car. Seems like when he goes into turn three, Eli, he's taking a little bit higher line. I'm not quite sure if the car just will not stay at the bottom of the racetrack, what the problem is, but Earnhardt is going way high. Of course, he's probably getting into some of that cedar, the portion of the racetrack that has not been run on as of yet. That's causing the smoke to really billow out from the right side tires on Earnhardt's car. It's handling well. He'll go right down to the inside of turn number one. Seems to be able to maneuver quite well through this end of the speedway, except when he gets around some of the lapped cars. He's just bypassed about three of those. Now he's closing in on the Dave Marcus car. He goes to the inside of him, to the outside of another car, the Morgan Shepard machine. This time he keeps it down a little bit low in turns three and four. And you won't see that much smoke coming out of the car. Tommy Ellis brings the Budweiser machine onto pit road right now. Let's cover that stop. Dick Brooks. I think it's, uh, I think they pitted uh, on the first caution flag, so that let them run a little bit longer, as did Morgan Shepard. They uh, had also pitted on the first caution flag, so that give them, let them run them out this far. But they are just changing tires on the car, and they're going to pit it now. Uh, Rusty Wallace got out of sync also when he had to make an early stop because of the flat left rear. So he's now in the pit uh, for his whole uh, regular stop. Rusty Wallace being attended to a little further down pit road. They've changed apparently all four tires on his car and send him back onto the speedway. 109 laps are complete in the Budweiser 500. We're talking about Tommy Ellis being on pit road in the Budweiser machine ago, a minute ago rather. Flossie Johnson is now listed as the owner of that car, and she had asked us earlier in the week to uh, do a favor for her and Junior on Sunday on our broadcast today to thank all the people around the country who had called in the last few weeks supporting them and the problems they had had at the Charlotte Motor Speedway some weeks ago. She said you would not believe how many phone calls and letters and cards and things like that we've had. So uh, she would like to pass along that she no way to thank everybody individually, but she'd like to do it on the air, so we'll do it for today. Of course, speaking of support, Tommy Ellis realizes that Jeff Bodine is scheduled to be back in the race car next weekend at Sears Point in California. So, Tommy, what happens uh, tomorrow morning to you after the Dover race? Well, Monday morning I'll be unemployed again looking for a sponsor for my own Bush team and hopefully uh, something will turn up. You never know, uh, a good Winston Cup ride may come along, but I'm, it would have to be a good ride for me to be interested. you got to think, though, Barney, that once you get tabbed by Junior Johnson as a driver for his organization, regardless of the circumstances, that's got to pretty well be uh, a heck of a note for your resume. And uh, guys out there have always known Tommy Ellis can drive a race car. But once Junior says so, that kind of makes it official. Doesn't it? That really uh, does give him some strong credentials, so to speak. And I think we might see Tommy Ellis a little bit more in a Winston Cup car before the year is over. But as he said, for the moment, come Monday, he is unemployed for the time being. But that could change in a hurry. The leader right now is Dale Earnhardt. And he is boxed in in some lap traffic as he works his way back off into turn number one. He's been running behind Hut Strickland. This time he goes underneath him out of turn two. Hut slips a little bit in turn one and allows Earnhardt to take the inside groove and get by, but he really hasn't had a cakewalk here the last couple of laps. We called attention earlier to the fact that Earnhardt was able to put the car anywhere he wanted to to get around the lap traffic, but it's taken him about ten laps to finally clear this particular pack. But when he finally gets clear, Barney and I were just looking at each other. We kind of shook our heads and said, man, that's like a rocket out there because once he got clear of Hut and put the 13th place man down, he just rocketed right by Rick Mast and, uh, and certainly that car is not a, a weak car. Uh, the Jacksons don't build weak cars and he went by Rick Mast in 12th as though Rick were sitting still and now that uh, Dale's got some clean, uh, clear sailing he's going to try and put uh, the Rick Wilson machine a lap down here in just another lap or so. So uh, Earnhardt back now where he was earlier just clipping off those positions one by one here and still very early in this Budweiser 500. 
he won't have to go a lot further before he'll have some clear sailing all by himself out front like he was in the early going here this afternoon. There are so many teams here at Dover this weekend that really need to get their season turned around, really get, need to get some positive things going. Mark Martin's team has struggled a little bit in 1991. They had hoped to get things uh, sort of back in their favor, so to speak, at the Charlotte Motor Speedway a couple of weeks ago, and they did have an impressive run down there. But for the most part, they have not been the team they were a year ago. Alan Kulwicki has been struggling a little bit in 1991 also. He's had more than his share of bad luck, although he's qualified well and run well in a lot of races. He's just had trouble putting together some really strong finishes. Ernie Irvin, after winning the Daytona 500 back in February, they too have run strong, but they certainly need another win, and they intend to get one as quickly as they can. Meanwhile, Rick Wilson also is another one of the teams this year that have just really had more than their share of bad luck and different things happen to them. Wilson had one of his best qualifying runs here this weekend, and Rick had hoped to post at least a top five finish, but for the moment, he's dropped back in the running order a little bit. He's currently being shown back in 11th position. Another team, too, that is looking to get things going in the right direction, certainly, is the team of Bill Elliott. Only two cars are out of the event thus far in the mid-stages of this Budweiser 500. Dale Jarrett involved in the only caution flag of the day, and Bobby Labonte's car now being parked for the afternoon with that apparent engine failure that we heard about a short while ago. Otherwise, 33 cars still on the racetrack at lap number 124. But at this point, Barney, it's almost it's remarkable at this early stage, there are now only nine cars on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt getting around here so very quickly, and he is uh, closing in on some of the other cars that are on the lead lap with him. He has to get through traffic every now and then, and Rusty Wallace will cut him no slack. Rusty being uh, down a lap already, but uh, Earnhardt still just continuing to march up through this field. They've had a hard battle there just a moment ago. Dale trying to put Rusty another lap down as they worked around here a few seconds ago, and he couldn't do it, so for the moment, he just backs off a little bit, but as you said, if Earnhardt catches a car, he's going to go ahead and move on around it if there's any way possible. He's backed out of it just a little bit right now. Doesn't appear to be getting through the corner up in three and four, particularly as well as he was a little bit earlier this afternoon. 126 miles to complete, an awful lot of racing left here at Dover Downs yet for anybody out there to win this thing. And we've seen the complexion change so many times. This thing usually runs like this. Somebody will get it hooked up in the early going. It looks like... We'll start talking about, well, nobody's going to beat him, and then all of a sudden something will happen. I think the reason, one of the big reasons, the field is beginning to get strung out a little bit is what you touched on there. We've only had one caution flag. Yeah. When these pit stops come under green like they do, a lot of times that will string the field out more so normally than we'll see at a place particularly like Dover Downs. But as we said, it's a long day. 128 miles are complete. Let's go to pit road. I'm not defensive in the garage with Bobby Labonte. Bobby, your debut in Winston Cup racing didn't go exactly the way you wanted. No, not really. You know, our Slim Jim Oldsmobile uh, must have broke a lifter or something in the motor because we went on seven cylinders and, you know, we didn't want to hurt the motor no more than we have to because we got to run it later on, so we just tried to park it. Well, while the car was running, what's your thoughts about Winston Cup? Well, I didn't hear what you said, but I think you, I think I know what you said. The car was running pretty good. It's getting a little loose, but other than that, it was all right. He's day over here early in Dover. Well, that's his first experience in Winston Cup competition. I can assure you it won't be Bobby Labonte's last because a lot of car owners that you and I talk to in the garage here, he's got, a lot of them don't say very much, a lot of the Winston Cup car owners. But you can bet on Saturday when they run these Bush Grand National races, a lot of them are standing up on top of those trucks watching and, and kind of seeing who does look awful good in the Bush Grand National Division. And Bobby Labonte is one that will catch your eye almost every Saturday when he's in one of the races and doesn't have any problem because he'll run in the top five nine times out of ten. 
And the True Value Hard Charger points at lap 100, Dale Earnhardt, no surprise, is the leader. Ernie Irvin is second in that points division. Rusty Wallace is third. Alan Kowicki is fourth. And Michael Waltrip is fifth in the True Value Hard Charger points. I would also remind everybody that Tyson is the official chicken of NASCAR, proud sponsor of the Lickety Split Award. They'll give $1,500 to the fastest lap leader during today's running of the Budweiser 500. We'll keep you up to date on that. Of course, uh, later on in the broadcast, it'll be very interesting to see which crew chief gets the honor today because this is a racetrack that really puts some pressure on the crew members. The Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award to be handed out a bit later this afternoon. The folks at Western Auto are the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, and they'll select a deserving winner a bit later on today. Andy Petrie currently leading in the seasonal standings towards that year-end award of $25,000. Andy is the crew chief for Harry Gant. Larry Mac Reynolds, who is the crew chief for Davey Allison, currently second. Then Kirk Shelmerdine, Bob Johnson, and Waddell Wilson in that order, rounding out the top five. We'll update you on all of those awards as our afternoon continues here at Dover Downs. 133 laps are on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead here this afternoon. Ernie Irvin is second. Mark Martin is third. He's having a good, strong run, running fourth at this juncture of the Budweiser 500. That's Kenny Schrader and Harry Gant round out the top five. Rusty Wallace, who started on the outside pole, has really dropped back in the running order. He currently is being shown a lap down, and he talked yesterday. He is currently being posted in 20th position. He told me yesterday that this racetrack can really get to you if you're having to play catch-up. I tell you, the worse the car handles, the longer the race is. And when it's handling good, then you're having fun, and it's driving good, it's not so fatiguing. But, boy, this place could be a son of a gun on you. And right now, it is a son of a gun on Rusty Wallace because he is a lap down, struggling along back there in 20th position, trying to get himself back up toward the front and have a shot to win the Budweiser 500. Brett Bodine slowing in front of Joe Moore on the back straightaway. Car actually slowed, Eli, just coming off turn four that last time. He's been hugging the inside of the track all the way around. Now he's dropped down on the apron beneath the white line there, indicating he would be coming into pit road. The car just barely moving here as he has passed us and heads back off into turn three. Joe, when Barney, when Brett come by uh, the front straightaway, the engine was dead. He tried to get down pit road and couldn't make it. So uh, he may not be able to coast all the way back around. He's going to make it. He just comes through the flat part of turns three and four on the apron of the racetrack. Already is in behind the pit wall. It seems to have picked up a little bit. We'll watch Brett Bodine and see if he's going to take the car to the garage. This has not been an easy weekend for the Quaker State Buick team. Uh, that car found its way into the wall yesterday around noontime in a practice session. And Jim Phillips, they've obviously affected those repairs because the car is running today. But now the hood goes up on that green and white car. Well, he has the left rear tire flat on the car. They're underneath Wayne Bumgarner, the crew chief, is underneath the hood. He's working on the right side of the engine compartment. So more than one problem for the Western State Buick. Now Bumgarner's going underneath to maybe change one of the ignitions. So evidently, ignition problems for Brett Bodine. Brett Bodine's another one of the teams uh, we could add to the list that we talked about a moment ago that really needs to get the season turned around in a positive direction. They, too, have had some good runs, but they have not realized their full potential. At least Brett says the team can run a whole lot better. We've just had more than our share of bad luck also, and that you can lump about a dozen cars in that category this year in 1991 on the Winston Cup season. 138 laps are on the scoreboard at Dover. 
It yesterday was up in the 90s. On Friday, I believe it was one of the hottest days I have oh. ever seen here at Dover Downs. Temperature was up about 96 degrees. The humidity was about 98%. And uh, in the Winston Cup garage, everybody you saw was looking for a dark spot or a shady spot to get into. Today, doesn't appear to be all that bad, although you can tell by looking at that racetrack, you kind of see the heat coming off from the racetrack. As the afternoon goes by, they had forecast the temperature to stay in the mid-80s, but it's still going to be very uncomfortable down on pit road and on the speedway. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, there are nine cars on the lead lap. The race leader is Dale Earnhardt. Running in second is Ernie Irvin. Third place, as he has been of late, is Mark Martin. Kenny Schrader runs fourth. Harry Gant fifth. Sixth is Lake Speed. Alan Kowicki runs in seventh. Sterling Marlin is eighth. And rounding out the lead lap in ninth is Rick Wilson. In the garage area, Brett Bodine's Quaker State Buick, Gary Montgomery. Well, Brett is waiting not so patiently inside the Quaker State Buick as the crew works on the car. Brett, what's wrong? Yeah, I can't, can't really hear you, but uh, it looks like we've either broke the distributor or passed the street, but we just shut off and it's going back straightaway, and it looks like, uh, looks like uh, it's possibly the distributor. Well, they broke it away and asked her to start up the car. The distributor is the problem uh, that we were able to uh, discern there over the uh, car noise. This is one of the, uh, for the folks on the infield side, this is one of the uh, noisier racetracks. It's it's not bad at all for the folks in the grandstand, but the sound here kind of heads towards the inside of this bowl-shaped racetrack, and that's why the uh, louder-than-normal uh, report there in the garage area. But the distributor problem for Brett Bodine, they should be able to get back. Let's go back to Pitt Road. Well, I'm standing in the Snickers pit, the Rick Wilson pit. Harry Hyde is the crew chief on the car. Harry got the car running along pretty good. Uh, he's saying anything about it. He's keeping up in front of uh, Earnhardt's car anyway. Well, I give Rick a lot of credit. He's driving his heart out, and uh, he goes to this track pretty good. So I'd have to give Rick all the credit here. All right, I'll tell you, you guys are getting ready up there for your uh, mid-race ice cream break. I'm digging around in the Snickers pits here for uh, some ice cream myself. i got to give me some of that stuff. We'd never make it through the day without it. Yeah, would we wouldn't want our figures to deteriorate now, would we? <laughs> 150 laps on the board of 500. We have just gotten word from the uh, garage area from Gary Montgomery that Brett Bodine's crew has called it a day. They are not going to be able to get the uh, Quaker State Buick back on the racetrack. So with Jeff Bodine out injured and Brett Bodine in the garage early, it's uh, Todd Bodine who takes home the honors for that family this weekend. Uh, he was there in position to take advantage of uh, a late race uh, break, and he got the win in the Budweiser 200 yesterday, as we mentioned and uh, yeah, folks are going to say Barney was handed to him, but that's not the case because he was leading for much of the day and had to be in position to take advantage of somebody else's uh, misfortune. So uh, don't uh, downgrade anything that Todd Bodine he did here yesterday. He had a super run. He really did and ended up in victory lane. Richard Petty, uh, down on the apron of the racetrack up in turn four, will bring his car to pit road, and this stop would be just a little bit early, Jim Phillips. A little bit early, Barney, but they're going to change the light side tires on the SDP Tiger. Matter of fact, it's going to change four. The last time he came in, they changed two. So this time, since they're a little bit behind, we're going to change all four tires and we'll fill it up with the gasoline here on lap 153 for Richard Petty. Richard Petty only been out there a little more than 60 miles since he was in uh, at lap about 91, I believe that's what I wrote down. Right. We're at lap 153 right now, so the stop would be a little bit early for Richard Petty, who's had some real strong runs this season in 1991. Well, I sit in the truck and talked to him a little bit the other day. 
And he said, you know, our, we, we're in better shape we, than we have been on equipment in a long time. We've got some new cars. We're trying some new things. And I think it showed up for Richard because he's had some of his best runs all year long. And he's had seven wins here at Dover over the year, too, over the years. So he knows what it takes to run and uh, run well on this racetrack. You know, of course, MRN was not on the air last weekend uh, from Charlotte, so we didn't have a chance to talk about it. But you know what a super run going last week before... Uh, a late problem in the race, a uh, broken rocker arm, was Dave Marcus. He ran as high as seventh place last week in the 600 and uh, didn't have a great luck here. I guess he qualified on seven cylinders here uh, this weekend, but nevertheless, he's out there running now a couple of laps down. But uh, Dave had a super run going. You'd like to see that for the fellows who don't always gather the headlines. When Dave can get it hooked up, he can drive with the best of them, and he's proven it over the years. He does not have all that many Winston Cup wins, but he's certainly a consistent competitor. And when the car is pretty much together and he has all his stuff going in his way so to speak he'll end up finishing in the top five or six and has had a good record over the years as Marcus just crosses the start finish line to put lap 156 up on the scoreboard Alan Kowicki slows in the back straightaway goes down on the apron of the racetrack we're watching him come through the south end of the speedway right now at a very reduced rate of speed he'll be coming onto pit road and let's find out what his problem is. Here's Kowicki making the turn into the pits right now. Goes in behind the wall. We'll follow him into his pit stall or see if he does go into the pits or go on back into the garage area. Kowicki is going to stop out on pit road. Dick Brooks. Well, I'm going to the right side of his car. Uh, Marty, they haven't said anything for sure. What was wrong other than they need tires. So they're changing the right side. They're also going to change the left side tires on the car also. So he must have had a tire going down. I felt that he did anyway. Alan Kowicki getting service on pit road. They changed the two right side tires. Apparently, they're going to change all four and send him back onto the racetrack. 158 laps are on the scoreboard. Dale Earnhardt continues to set the pace in the Budweiser 500. Well, with only one caution flag today, and that all the way back on lap number 19, we are now in the early stages of the next session of green flag pit stops. While you were gone over the last lap and a half or so, we have seen Bill Elliott and Davey Allison on pit road. Rick Mast was in for pit service moments ago. And now the Raymock team ready to attend to Joe Rutman as he brings car 75 in. Jim Phillips? Well, they're going to change all four tires on his automobile, as they did for Bill Elliott and Rick Davey Allison all got tires on lap 162. Now it's lap 165. And Lake Speed rolls his Pontiac into the pit lane. They fly around to the right side of his machine. They're going to change all four tires with his machine. I think that's the way the teams will probably go to right now since they're all behind. To try to catch up a little bit, they'll probably all change four tires. Dave Marcus is now in for tires and gasoline on his machine. There are other cars in front of Dick Brooks pitting. Mark Martin, one of those. Dick? on his car, all four of them. Uh, Going to fill him up with the gas now. Michael Wallach was in a while ago, uh, five, six laps, seven, eight laps back, and was out of fuel. They had a little problem getting the car started. In fact, these guys are stretching them a little bit further than they uh, had anticipated, or they didn't get them full on the last stop. But Mark Martin's down and away now. They got him full this time and running out the back. To give you an idea of how strong Dale Earnhardt is here this afternoon, right now he is almost a full 13 seconds ahead of the second-place car, Ernie Irvin. And that is really getting around this racetrack. And he's done it by passing traffic, as Eli and I talked about. He catch three, four, five cars. He'd just go right on around on the outside or the bottom of the speedway. So Earnhardt's lap times, I dare say, we haven't kept that close of tabs on him on the stopwatch, but I doubt if they varied much more than a couple of tenths a second, even in traffic. Let's go back to the pitch. Well, I think that's true, but the Rick Wilson car and, uh, and the two-car of Rusty Wallace is actually outrunning him. They've been in front of him uh, since I talked a while ago to uh, Harry Hyde. 
and they're still in front of him. In fact, they're pulling away from him a little bit. That's Strickland's, and now they're changing right sides on his car, and they're going to do all four. They got the right sides done as uh, Ernie Irvin comes in, and uh, and the crew gets to doing the right side on his car, and they're going to do four on it also. On the racetrack right now, Mark Martin had a little bit of a close call. Tried to squeeze between J.D. McDuffie and Alan Kowicki going into turn number one. And wisely, as that hole closed up, he backed off just the least little bit to avoid any problems here on lap number 169. Again, we're in the midst of pit stops, and here comes the race leader. And one of the other men who's running on the lead lap, Rick Wilson, will slow down. He's in fifth spot. Both men very, very slow on the pit lane. Remember, that's the new rule of NASCAR. There's a mandatory speed that you might must adhere to, and Wilson is in, and so is Earnhardt. Let's cover their stops. Well, I'll tell you, Earnhardt uh, <laughs> was strained a little bit having to follow Rick Wilson in that slow. He came in quite about harder the last stop, and he sure would have liked to that time. He looked on the inside and the outside, and then uh, all around him, but uh, against uh, bigger than the policemen are bigger than the, uh, the rules that uh, he couldn't make the pass. But he, then now they've got the right side done, the left side on the car is done, and he's away pulls away also. Harry Gant will bring his skull machine to the attention of his crew. Boy, he's having a good solid run here this afternoon. Let's cover Gant's stop. Well, they're going to do four tires in this car with gas. Uh, they just done the 25 car. Ken Schrader has did the same thing with him. In fact, he had a little trouble getting around Gant as Gant was coming into the pit. They've got Gant's right sides on. The left side is jacked uh, up, and they'll have that on and running in a minute. Terry Lamonti's car is also being attended to in front of Jim Phillips. Four tires for the special Oldsmobile. They're completing work on the right side. Steve Wilson and Billy Siler doing the changing. Now they're working on the left side. Two tires are on. The gas is in. Terry Lamonti is on his way. So Morgan Shepard is now the race leader. Darrell Waltrip being posted in the second spot is on lap number 172. Ricky Rudd is in. Dale Earnhardt now, even uh, as they shake down these pit stops, and with his stop of moments ago, he is in third place. So Earnhardt, who had that 17-second lead or so that Barney was telling you about earlier, Earnhardt made the stop, and he has come back out in third spot behind Morgan Shepard and Darrell Waltrip on lap number 173. Earnhardt through turn number four, taking that same line as he has all day long. He pins it right to the bottom of the racetrack, going off into turn number three, stays there all the way through the middle of the corner, and then as he drifts out of turn number four, it's almost like coming up out of a hole in both ends of this racetrack. When you come out of turn number two, you're really running uphill, and all of a sudden it's like you come over a slight rise and you're looking down the straightaway. It's the same thing here in turn number four. That used to be the one big trouble spot on this racetrack because the momentum was carrying you so hard toward the outside wall that once your car would break loose up there, you're automatically going to hit the outside. The track is so narrow at that point. If you go across the speedway, which you're automatically going to do, you're going to hit the inside wall, and that's why we used to see so many cars, and still do if the car has a problem, really get damaged on both ends of the machine. 175 are on the board. Morgan Shepard, we told you earlier, his pit stop a little bit out of sequence. He can stay out there. Usually he and Darrell Walter will be the two last cars to pit, assuming this race should remain green for the remainder of the day. Well, one thing with uh, Rusty Wallace's car, you know, he's got to sink also. He had to make an early stop, and uh, and then uh, he came in about uh, 20 laps. 
there's a fire on pit road, Dick Brooks. There's a fire on pit road as Jimmy Means' car with Bobby Hillen driving. The gas can somehow has come loose from the car and has ignited on the pit lane. There was a crew member taking care of that uh, automobile, and one of the Jimmy Means crew members is down and being tended to by safety crew members. Firemen are right there on the scene, and there is a huge plume of smoke and the aftermath of fire extinguishers. Hillen has pulled the Jimmy Means car away. There is a lot of gasoline that is now spewing across the racetrack at the pit area, and uh, one of the uh, Jimmy Means crew members servicing the Bobby Hillen car today is being tended to by the safety crew. A scary, scary moment there, Barney. I don't know how the, the gas can came loose and where the fire came from, but it was a scary, scary moment. Apparently the gas can hit the ground, spilled a little fuel around that car, and as he started to pull away, probably a spark from the headers in that machine ignited the gasoline as it flamed up there for just a second. That's the one thing that you really hate to see at any racetrack is any kind of a fire, whether it's in a car or whether it's from a little gas spilled on pit road or whatever. That is Frank Drees, the crew member involved, who has now just gotten up, and he is waving everybody off and says he is fine. Frank, who lives about 20 minutes from this Dover racetrack and has been a, a longtime member of the Jimmy Means crew, he is walking away and uh, being as he is being talked to by the medical crews and medical officials, but he seems to be indicating that he is okay. And we'll get a, a closer word and a further update from Jim Phillips there in just a moment or so. But Frank Drees of uh, the Jimmy Means crew, and again, Bobby Hillen driving that car today, was the crew man involved, but he got up, dusted himself off, and uh, is being ushered aside by some of the safety crew members, but he's working on and walking away under his own power. Jim Phillips, you have a, a closer word? Yes, he is all right. He, ha he has some burns, Eli, uh, to his uh, legs, but he is all right. He's walking away with the medical personnel, giving everybody the high sign that he is all right. At, uh, he had a short clean shirt on, so he had to, a little bit of burn on his arm, but he is walking away. He's going to be all right. Well, that's good news. 181 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500. Right now, the leader is Morgan Shepard. Darrell Waltrip being posted second. Those two cars have yet to come in and make their scheduled pit stops. Dale Earnhardt is third. Darrell Waltrip is the race leader as we work in the midst of a ongoing series of green flag pit stops. Although, for all intents and purposes, it has been a full day of Dale Earnhardt domination virtually from the word go. Morgan Shepard just gave up the lead a moment ago when he came in to make his stop. He came in at lap 183. They changed uh, rubber on that car, put in a tank of Unical gasoline, and sent him back onto the racetrack. Again, we'll point out that he and Darrell Waltrip and his Dick Brooks updated us there a moment ago. Rusty Wallace's car also pitting a little bit out of sync with everybody else. So there will be a little variation, but as soon as Waltrip comes in, that will move Earnhardt right back up into the lead, and Waltrip won't stay out there a whole lot longer before we see him making his regular stop also. Chad Little was in just a moment ago. Bobby Hillen brought that car back onto pit road there just a moment ago again for some more attention after having that little pit fire just a moment ago. 188 laps are complete field again stringing out a little bit around Dovertowns this afternoon and as we pointed out I think one of the reasons for that is the simple fact that all these stops that we've seen since that one caution flag have been under green now here's Dale Earnhardt closing in on Darrell Waltrip out of turn number four and before Waltrip makes that pit stop the way Earnhardt's getting around this racetrack he could indeed put Darrell a lap down even before he makes that stop they're heading for turn two actually three cars all tagged together there Barney uh, Bill Elliott's trying to get around Darrell Waltrip and Earnhardt's right behind Elliott here off turn two Earnhardt looks to the inside of the racetrack pulls up alongside Bill Elliott still is battling with Elliott while Waltrip begins getting away well Elliott gives Earnhardt some running room 
Bill Elliott, who is being posted in 15th position, two laps down at this juncture of the event, will now go another lap down. Heck, we were laughing before. Dale Earnhardt's getting around here so quickly, he might lap himself on the racetrack. I mean, that's the kind of domination we are seeing from Earnhardt here today. Of course, next week it might be Dale Earnhardt again, but you might want to look in the direction of a Ricky Rudd or a Rusty Wallace possibly next weekend as Darrell Waltrip now comes in to make his pit stop. The reason you mentioned the name of Wallace and Rudd is because next weekend it's the road course. Sears Point International Raceway in Sonoma, California. MRN will be there to bring you continuous weekend-long coverage of the Banquet Foods 300. The Bush Pole Show on Friday begins at 5.10 Eastern Time. Obviously, it's a bit later than normal because of the uh, time changes. So 5.10 Eastern Time next Friday for the Bush Pole Show. The Pit Road Preview will be on Saturday at 4.30 Eastern Time. And then the Banquet Foods 300 Sunday at 2.45 from Sears Point International Raceway in Sonoma, California. The month of June wraps up with the Champion Spark Plug 500 at Pocono, Pennsylvania. Then June 23rd, the Miller 400 at Brooklyn, Michigan, the Michigan International Speedway. And July 6th, the second half of the season begins with the Pepsi 400 at Daytona. And by the way, starting this weekend, the Daytona International Speedway ticket office is open seven days a week. Trouble in turn number four. Michael Walter is out of control as he comes through the corner. Car loops around. He kept it off the wall and now will slide all the way down and into the inside pit retaining wall. But he brushed that very lightly. Great piece of driving by Michael Walter to keep that car from really going hard into the outside wall. He'll slide some five or 600 feet all the way down across to the start-finish line and has tagged the inside wall. Caution is on the speedway. It'll be the second one this afternoon. Pace car behind the pit wall. They drop the green flag. Morgan Shepard takes off. Now he's ahead of the leader. He is on the tail end of the lead lap as they scramble to get some kind of footing down in turns one and two. Morgan's fighting there with Rusty Wallace. Rusty finally gets away from him. Now Earnhardt comes up underneath Morgan Shepard. They make just momentary contact. Now they separate it out, but they're still side by side at the end of the back stretch. So as Morgan Shepard now goes a lap down into turn number three, Dale Earnhardt will see to it. There are now just five cars on the lead lap. Five cars on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace is uh, being posted, uh, well, at this point now ahead of the race leader, Dale Earnhardt, on the racetrack. But Morgan Shepard is no longer on the lead lap. Off turn number two and down the back straightaway, Rick Mast had a bobble and so too some other cars, Joe. One car has slowed significantly. It's Rick Wilson. He slowed up here on the back stretch. Quite a pack of traffic all stacked up trying to get around Wilson. He's now dropped to the inside of the track as everyone gets by. Had a big bottleneck there in turns one. No contact apparently as Rick Wilson is limping around the racetrack. Here he comes through the apron on the apron of the racetrack up in turn number four. We'll bring the car on the pit road and we'll watch the machine for a minute to see if he makes it into his pits or if he will take the car onto the garage area. What a bad day for Rick Wilson. They had had a good qualifying run, had hoped to post a good top five finish at least here. He is going into his pit. Dick Brooks? Well, they're going inside the car like uh, must be ignition problem. They've got car stopped. Uh, they're raising the hood on it. They're going inside of it also. So I must have just shut up on it. There is an ignition box inside that car that has a backup system on it. Sometimes they will flip from one system to another, much like an airplane has, but apparently it didn't work this time for Rick Wilson. We'll get a further report there as soon as Dick Brooks can update us on what is wrong with the car. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt wastes no time in breaking out of all that traffic on that restart. Again, he's at the head of the pack all by himself. Rusty Wallace is the nearest car to him as they get over to turn two. He had a hard time for a while getting around Rusty Wallace, but finally he went to the outside, swung right on by Wallace, and has picked up some 10 cars car links on that car. Meanwhile, the second place machine at Kenny Schrader is another 10 car links behind the Rusty Wallace machine. Mark Martin right up on his 
nose bumper as they exit turn four. Now, Rusty Wallace had gotten one of those two laps back on that restart, but now that he has been passed by Dale Earnhardt again, Rusty is one more time being shown two laps down. He is back in 13th position, and uh, the top 10 at this point are five on the lead lap. The next six, actually, the top 11, we will be showing one lap down. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. We are in Dover, Delaware, here at Dover Downs, jam-packed on a beautiful summer afternoon. Or actually, it's still spring, I guess, technically, until the 21st of the month. But nevertheless, it's summer-like conditions. 210 laps are in the books. Dale Earnhardt leads. Kenny Schrader is second. Mark Martin third. Harry Gant fourth. And Ernie Irvin running in fifth. Those are the only five cars on the lead lap. Sixth, one lap down is Morgan Shepard. Hutt Strickland is seventh. Darrell Waltrip eighth. Ninth is Alan Kowicki. And tenth, Sterling Marlin. Eleventh is Lake Speed. In twelfth position, they are posting Jimmy Spencer. Thirteenth, Rusty Wallace. 14th is Bill Elliott. 15th now is Ricky Rudd. In 16th, it's Terry Labonte. Richard Petty is 17th. 18th is Joe Rutman. Davey Allison, 19th. And in 20th spot, they are showing Tommy Ellis. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips on that Davey Allison car. He's been checking on those repeated pit stops. Well, they brought him in and put a, a rubber in the right front spring. That is uh, what they do when they want to tighten the car up on pit road. And that didn't work, so they took that out. And they neutralized the sway bar to loosen it back up. So actually what they did is they made an over-chassis adjustment and went back a little bit to what they had before. Well, what a difference a week makes. A couple of weeks ago, Davey Allison just uh, wiped out everything down at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and today he is kind of struggling. 218 laps on the board here in the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. You're tuned to live coverage on MRN Radio. Next weekend, we'll be talking to you from the beautiful wine country of uh, Northern California. Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma. Look forward to having you on board. Our broadcast at 2.45 Eastern Time right here on these MRN stations. Don't forget the Bush Pole Show Friday at 5.10 Eastern Time and our pit road preview Saturday at 4.30 Eastern Time. And uh, Barney, once Dale Earnhardt got clear of everybody, he's, as they say, he's, he got gone again. Yeah, he's kind of driving away a little better than two and two-tenths of a second ahead right now of Kenny Schrader, the second-place car. There's no traffic in front of Earnhardt for a little better than three-quarters of a lap, so he can run any line and almost any speed he wants to. I just put the clock on him before we took the commercial break a moment ago. He's getting around this racetrack in about 25 and a half seconds, so that's not too far off from what they qualified. That would be a little better than 140 miles an hour, including getting through race traffic and everything else. Michael Walker's car went back onto the racetrack a moment ago. Now it is back on pit road and making that hard left turn into the garage for the third time this afternoon, so the pole sitter is not doing too well at all. They were showing him 35 laps down after the most recent uh, visit to the garage area. Also, we had seen an extended stay on pit road for Rick Wilson. We were talking about his situations earlier. He's now 15 laps down in 30th position. Dick Brooks, what did they finally find there? Well, he had a carburetor problem. Uh, something that's kind of unique. I think it doesn't happen too often, but it's just one of those things that, uh, that'll cost you a lot of time in a race. He had a float stick in the front of the carburetor. Now, these guys got these carburetors. They're basically the same carburetors. They're made by Holly. And we used to race years and years ago. Well, they haven't changed too much. Uh, they got a little bit better pieces of stuff to them, but there's a, what they call a needle and seat. And there's a float in the bowl. Uh, a lot of people can relate to this, where the gas is. And uh, 
what regulates that float is a little valve that, uh, that lets the gas flow through, and when it gets full, the float pushes back on that valve and shuts the gas off. Well, that float stuck, and the gas was running out the top of the carburetor, uh, something you don't see much anymore. Used to do that a lot until they got the stuff in better shape. Kind of a unique problem, but it took him out for eight or ten laps. Nick Wilson had one of his best runs going here. As we said, he qualified up in the top ten, had a good effort, and felt like they could finish it, get a top five finish here, maybe even win this race. They have struggled a little bit in 1991, but Rick said yesterday, we're not about to give up, and we're trying to fight our way back. Yeah, it's just, uh, we're just trying to hang in there and do the best we can. We're working hard trying to, you know, do everything we can. And, you know, we just had some of the, the office luck that can be. Uh, you know, things have happened to us that uh, normally don't happen. You know, we've had a lot of mechanical problems and being caught in the wrong places on the racetrack. So, you know, we're just struggling through it, and, and it's getting better. Rick Wilson having to struggle again here today at Dover Downs. 225 miles are completed in the Budweiser 500, about 25 miles away from the halfway mark in the race this afternoon. The sun continues to shine brightly, but apparently it's not all that warm out there because the fans, usually you'll see umbrellas and everything else going up over their heads, even though it isn't raining, just to knock off the heat. But in the 80s, not too bad here at Dover not today. Not too bad at all. One fellow who's having a good time right now is also Mark Martin. He has just dove to the inside of uh, Ken Schrader in turns three and four and has grabbed a position away. So Mark is now being posted in second spot, Schrader third, Harry Gant fourth, and uh, Ernie Irvin fifth. Let's go back downstairs. One of the guys that's not having a good time today is Michael Waltrip. Michael had a problem early with a belt on the oil pump. Then he got crossed up, wrecked the car, went back out on the track, and now it looks like he's out of it for the day. What is the final uh, verdict here, Michael? Something went wrong with the engine. <laughs> couple laps after that I, I spun out and hit the wall. We got one of our goals for the season out of the way by sitting on the pole. We'll just have to try to think of something positive out of this and continue on. Well, now you got just one more goal left. That's to win one of these buggers, right? That's our ultimate goal. We've been trying hard to do that. Been running real good and hadn't had any problems. Last week we were real fortunate to finish when we did with a problem. This week we're getting all the rest of our problems out of the way at once, hopefully, and we'll be all right for the rest of the year. Okay, they'll be waiting for you in California. We are 12 laps shy of halfway here in the Budweiser 500, but the fans are on their feet because Mark Martin in second has caught Dale Earnhardt, and he draws to his inside in turn number three. Right down to the inside of the track is Martin, but Earnhardt beats him into the corner, but all four. Here comes Martin's Ford. Mark Martin puts it to the bottom of the racetrack, stands in it. Earnhardt gives up the lead coming out of turn number four, and Mark Martin is the new leader. Earnhardt drops back to second as they head back to turn number one. Let's see if Earnhardt's going to be content to stay there for a minute. Going into the corner, Earnhardt was right up on the bumper, now Martin's able to pull away by about a half a car length. Earnhardt still there as they go single file this time down the back straightaway. The third place car of Harry Gant also there with the front two. So the front three have all gotten together now and as Earnhardt's car kicks up just a bit in the corner, Gant sees the inside open and he'll try and outdrag the Chevrolet back to the stripe. Give that position to Harry Gant. Trouble in the back straightaway. J.D. McDuffie's car loops around directly in front of the another car. Several machines now going to the inside and outside to get by. McDuffie did some damage to the in front side of the car, but he has refired the car and is driving back around on the pits. 273 laps on the board. We're under caution for the third time. Here is the pace car behind the pit wall. 277 miles on the board. Green flag is out, and Earnhardt is going for his lap. He wants to get back on the lead lap of the leader, Mark Martin. He's underneath him in turn one. Earnhardt's got a nose out in front of Martin, but Martin's staying up alongside, although he's in the higher groove, and Martin will have to give way, put Earnhardt back on the tail end of the lead lap just ahead of Mark Martin. 
So Dale Earnhardt back on the lead lap now, and he'll begin to pull away by a car length, car length and a half, two car lengths and more. Only four cars, now five on the lead lap with Dale Earnhardt having reassumed that position. Kenny Schrader and Ernie Irvin have a pretty good battle going for third spot in the middle of traffic. Irvin will have to give way. He goes in a little bit too high, and Schrader's got it hooked up down low. Plus, cars are right up on his tail. Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd are there, so Irvin will lose yet another spot going back to turn three. Ernie went just a little bit high in turns one and two. It's going to cost him a position. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt, who is back on the tail end of the lead lap, really getting it done. Mark Martin trying to not let him get too far away. Mark's within three car lengths behind him. Mark is the leader as they work back to turn two. Mark's trying to shut down the distance now between himself and Earnhardt as Earnhardt is trying to get away. About two, maybe three car lengths separating the two here on the back straightaway as they head for three. As they go up into the corner, everyone holds their positions. Ernie Irvin trying to get closer to Schrader, but with Rusty Wallace between those two cars, Ernie has to back off one more time. Mark Martin is hanging with Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt got his lap back, but he's not able to pull away now after pulling off by about a car length and a half or so earlier. Now Earnhardt uh, can't really leave Mark Martin behind him. Two cars still together here on the back straightaway. Meanwhile, third place, Harry Gant, finally gets around one of the slower cars that was holding him up, the Allen Kowicki machine. He's bypassed that car and is now closing in on another lap machine, that of Hutt Strickland. Harry Gant's having a good, solid run here today, but nobody's been in the ballpark with Dale Earnhardt, at least for the first half of this race. He has had the dominant car most of the day, but for the moment, as Eli Gold pointed out a moment ago, Mark Martin is able to hang with him this time. Dale got around him, but that's about all he's being able to do is stay a couple of car lengths ahead. 281 miles are complete. Mark Martin continues to lead Harry Gant, Kenny Schrader, and Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt will comprise the top five. They are all on the lead lap. Harry Gant's going after the lead in turn three. Gant's down to the inside of Mark Martin. Martin was forced high trying to lap the Dale Earnhardt car as he went high in the banking in turn two. Gant dove down low, but now Martin's back out in front. Mark had decided he was going to put Earnhardt a lap down. He got alongside him coming down the front straightaway. Went off into turn one probably a little bit harder than he meant to. The car kicked up. Harry Gant took advantage of it, got alongside, but it kind of all balanced back out now, Joe Moore. Martin is back in the lead. All knows the tail this time. Once again, Earnhardt directly in front of the race leader, Mark Martin and Gant, right behind him as they head to turn four. The fourth place runner is Ernie Irvin. He is the length of a straightaway behind these three cars. Here goes Martin now to the outside of Earnhardt at the start-finish line. They'll draw even in turn number one. Martin's going to try and put him a lap down, and he may lose the lead again in the process. Same thing that happened last time. Gant takes a low line off the corner. Here's Martin now swerving to get back in between Dale Earnhardt and Harry Gant. Martin saves it again. I still say Dale Earnhardt is the best in the business in a situation like this. He'll let off just a little bit in the straightaway to make you think you're going to do what you want to do, which is put him a lap down in this case, and then going off into the corner, he'll get back in that throttle, make you run in there a little bit harder than you want to, and sometimes you'll get the car completely crossed up, and Mark almost did that a time or two. Now Mark's in trouble with Harry Gant. Gant dives down to the inside of the racetrack, pulls up alongside Mark Martin. Martin is stronger, though, getting into the corner ahead of Harry Gant. All he needs to do now is close down in front of Gant. Harry trying to stay right there. This is the best an Oldsmobile has run at this racetrack in a long, long time. As a matter of fact, Oldsmobile is the last of the car makers currently in Winston Cup racing that has never visited Victory Lane here at Dover. Never has an Oldsmobile won a race here. For the moment, though, it is an Oldsmobile showing the way as Harry worked hard to make the pass on Mark Martin. And in the process of all that that went on there the last few laps, Earnhardt may have created something else. If you can get Harry Gann and Mark 
Mark Martin to battling each other. That's going to allow Dale to pull away from those two and maybe get himself in a little better position to get back up there and win this race or even see those two get together and wrinkle up a little sheet metal. Maybe they've realized that all of a sudden as they work back to turn three. Harry Gantz closing it down on Earnhardt momentarily. He had jumped away from those two for a while, but now Gantz is right up on Earnhardt's bumper. Harry Gant closing in on the rear deck of that black and white machine. Earnhardt goes to the inside. Gant takes his car to the outside, but Earnhardt's car gets wide again in the corner. Perfectly legal. Dale is a tough man to get around, and Gant has to settle back in single file. It was close call racing seconds ago, Joe, for Derek Cope in front of you. He thought, I think, for a moment about trying to go three wide on that back straightaway, but when it narrowed down to 48 feet wide, he uh, decided to back off. Derek's had some problems all afternoon getting off. Off turn number two several times his car has wiggled a bit coming off the corner he's experimented up on the outside of the track coming off turn two a place most drivers haven't dared go it's worked most of the time for Derek Cope but you're right that particular time it was a close call for him Derek uh, last week when he finished 12th in the Coca-Cola 600 he passed the one million dollar mark in career Winston Cup earnings that came last weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway well we have yet to see Dale Earnhardt go a lap down over the last moment while you were Away, hearing a message of interest from your local area. Harry Gant has tried and tried and tried to bypass Earnhardt to the outside and put Dale a lap down, but it's not happened yet, and they're trying it again in turn number two. Gant is really staying with him on the outside each time going into turn one. Looks like maybe he'll go a little bit too high and slip, but he hangs on to it and still is dead even with Earnhardt as they go back to turn three. Fourth place car Ernie Irvin is four, a little better than four and a half seconds behind that battle for the lead as they work out of turn number four and back down to the line. Harry Gant still out outside of Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt's loving every minute of this because he's just making him use up the car a little bit more as hard as they're running through the corners. Now Dale tucks directly ahead of Harry Gant out of turn two. Gant looks to the inside of Dale coming off turn number two. No chance to make the move, so they'll go single file this time back to turn three. Barney mentioned that uh, Ernie Irvin in fourth is four and a half seconds behind the lead cars. Kenny Schrader, who's running third, is two and nine-tenths seconds back. Now as they come across start-finish to put lap 329 on the board, Harry Gant thought about making an inside move on Dale Earnhardt, but couldn't pull it off as they're back in the corner. I think he's tired of riding on the outside and decides maybe he can do it down on the inside. Again, off turn two. Gant peeks down underneath Earnhardt. No chance to make the move. This time he swings out wide and again pulls alongside. Earnhardt will give him the outside lane, but he's not going to give him the inside lane. If he can get a, get a position on him going into the corner, Harry Gant can get underneath Dale. He's got a shot to put him a lap down, but it's going to be awfully hard to do it on that outside because Earnhardt can make him go high coming out of the corner really bind that car up through the turn. They're back out of turn two. This is some of the cleanest racing you'll ever see. For the last 15 laps, they've been running side by side. They haven't touched yet. Again, back to turn three. Earnhardt down low. Gant taking that higher line. Mark Martin just waiting for one of the lanes to open up. Now, if you're just joining us, this again is not the battle for the lead. It is a battle for Harry Gant to put Dale Earnhardt a lap down. Earnhardt earlier today had a lead that seemed insurmountable. He was up by 16 and 17 seconds on the rest of the field. Then he had a tire that began to lose air. That brought him back with everybody else. And since then, Earnhardt has struggled first to get back on the lead lap and now to try and stay there. Gant again trying him here at start finish. And Earnhardt got squirrely coming off the number four corner. They might have made a little contact coming out of turn number four. The two cars bobble just a little bit. And Harry Gant is suddenly gone. And Earnhardt finds himself 
12th, a lap down. And now Gant pulls away by four, make it five car lengths. Gant's getting away from him here on the back straightaway. Now Earnhardt has to worry about Mark Martin. He goes to work on the Chevrolet, taking up to the outside of the racetrack. Mark Martin, the second place car, now also getting by Earnhardt. And now there's problems on the racetrack. Chad Little has lost the engine, apparently, on the Labatch car number 19. And there's a plume of smoke from behind that automobile that brings out the caution for the fourth time today on lap 349. Chad Little losing the engine on the Labatt's car, bringing us to a caution. 352 laps complete. They're getting ready to go back to green flag racing. They'll go at lap 355. The leader is Kenny Schrader. Mark Martin is posted right behind him in the number two spot. Ernie Irvin is now up to third, and Harry Gant is still being shown in fourth. Earnhardt is going to be the first car down to the inside, a lap down. Let's see what he does this time to try to get his lap back away from Schrader. Under green, they take off, and Schrader's going to get the jump on him before they hit the corner and kind of shut the door on him, so to speak, before they get to turn two. Schrader puts it right there at the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt pulls up on him, tries to look down to the inside to pull back up and get back on the tail end of the lead lap. The move will not work. So again, Earnhardt behind Schrader, then the lap car, Rusty Wallace, then Hut Strickland. Mark Martin works to the outside, and Ernie Irvin's pulling up on him. But of all those names that Joe just gave you only Schrader, Martin, Ernie Irvin, and Harry Gant are on the lead lap, but Earnhardt's going to try and get back there if he can. He makes the move this time as Ken Schrader drives in a little bit hard. Earnhardt right at the bottom of the racetrack is able to get by Schrader. Now Schrader's got to worry about the lap car of Hut Strickland. They head back into turn three and four. One thing about Earnhardt, he does not hesitate when he catches traffic. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He's one of the few drivers that you watch out there that he's never in doubt about what he's going to do with his car. If there's a hole there and he thinks he can get through it, he just does not hesitate. He goes ahead and makes some kind of a move, and more times than not, it pays off for him. He is back on the lead lap. Meanwhile, the leader's out of turn two. Kenny Schrader suffering from being in the outside lane. He's lost a spot to Rusty Wallace, again, who's not on the lead lap, but he lost to Ernie Irvin, who is. Mark Martin has gone by Schrader, and now Harry Gant takes the inside line to get by Kenny Schrader. So Harry Gant, after his pit stop uh, rotation of moments ago, now beginning to climb his way back up towards the front of the field as Ken Schrader showed the way there uh, for a while. Ernie Irvin has led. Uh, Dale Earnhardt led earlier today. We have seen a number of different leaders, but uh, probably still none was quite as dominating as was Dale Earnhardt in the early to middle stages of the race when he built up better than a uh, 15, 16, 17 second lead on the rest of the field. Ernie Irvin is still the leader. Here he is across the start-finish line. Mark Martin has eased up into the number two spot. Harry Gant has worked his way back to third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader. Fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Sixth right now is Hut Strickland. Seventh is Morgan Shepard. In eighth is Jimmy Spencer. Ninth is Darrell Waltrip. Rounding out the top ten is Rusty Wallace. As we take you a little further back, Ricky Rudd will be the 11th place car. Terry Labonte is being posted 12th. Good run for Labonte here today, despite the fact that they've made some unscheduled stops and had a few problems. He's having a pretty solid run. Thirteenth right now is Derek Cole. 14th is Sterling Marlin, and rounding out the top 15 is Alan Kowicki as the leaders head back to turn two. Ernie Irvin beginning to feel the heat of Mark Martin has really snuck up on him. Martin's got to worry about Harry Gant. He's just inches off his bumper, and then Kenny Schrader follows that line as they go back into turn three. Three lap cars directly ahead of the race leaders, Earnhardt, Hutt Strickland, and Rusty Wallace. So as those cars hold their positions, Rusty Wallace sees Ernie Irvin right behind him, Rusty being shown in 10th spot 
He is one lap down. And again, if you're just joining us along the way, uh, Rusty Wallace, they have not finished a race since winning at Bristol back on April the 14th. In that span, they have gone from 5th to 12th in the Winston Cup points. And in the last four races, they had a 32nd finish, a 21st, a 26th, and a 22nd, and never did see the checkered flag. So uh, this could be a nice break for that little bit of a problem spell that has been uh, chasing down the Rusty Wallace team. Dale Earnhardt is still in a position to win this race very much so. He is on the tail end of the lead lap right now. This is about the second or third time this afternoon that he's been able to unlap himself and get back up there after having a tire problem about midways through the race. Since that time, he's had to play catch-up, and so far he's been able to get back on the lead lap, but that's about all he's been able to do as he's not been able to take advantage of the caution flags to get himself in a position to pull right in behind the leaders. If he ever does, i got a feeling he's going to be the man to deal with again. As they work out a turn number four, Ernie Irvin is the leader. Mark Martin just two car lengths behind. About a car length and a half back to the third place car of Harry Gantz. Some pretty tight racing at the front of the pack over in turn two. So far, no stepping out of line. Everyone staying single file. Irvin, of course, hoping to try to track down the, uh, the car of Dale Earnhardt. He's separated from Earnhardt now by about ten car lengths, plus the lap car of Hutt Strickland as they go back to turn four. Just looking at Rick Mast's car coming by us. A uh, right, uh, look, I don't know if it's right rear. It looks like it is. Look, he must have smudged the wall somewhere because the sheet metal is crunched in just a little bit on Rick Mast's Gold Classic Oldsmobile. And here he comes now, as a matter of fact. He must have just brushed the wall a lap or two ago because the right rear began to smoke. And as he came by us, we were able to see the uh, the smudge marks. He's coming to the attention of the crew, Jim Phillips. Well, they're going to go work with the right rear quarter panel. He just uh, got the rear end out of shape a little bit. They're going to try to peel that sheet metal off. Sydney back on his way. They give him the go sign. So taking uh, a hammer handle and going around to try to get the sheet metal away from the tire on the right rear. Rick Mass is pretty happy in that ride this year. They haven't had all the success that they expected to have in the first part of the season. But he told me yesterday, he said, I'm sure I'm going to be there next year. We've got another year on our contract. And he said, I think we'll win some races before the year is out. And I kind of feel they will, too. He's had some pretty good, solid runs. They get the car repaired now and send Rick Mass back onto the speedway. 370 miles complete, 130 more to go in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. The leader is Ernie Irvin. About. Trouble in turn one. Jimmy Spencer spins, hits the outside wall hard. Now rolls back down the banking. Good evasive move by Joe Rutman and Bobby Hamilton to get by. Spencer's car has come to rest up the banking about halfway up the racetrack just at the entrance of turn two. Caution is on a speedway. It'll be the fifth one this afternoon as Jimmy Spencer has hit the wall between turns one and two. They're up in the midway between turns three and four with a pace car with a field in tow getting ready to go back to green. Harry Gant is a leader. Ernie Irvin sits right behind him. Then comes Dale Earnhardt. Great job by Hutt Strickland to stay in the thick of things. He's fourth right now, and he is back on the lead lap. Green flag is out. Gant takes off. Tries to drop down in front of the lap car of Bobby Hamilton to kind of shut down any running room for Ernie Irvin, but Irvin will stay with him to turn two. Irvin's right there behind Harry Gant. Earnhardt's the one who really got shuffled out of line as he was trying to get around the lap car of Bobby Hamilton. Earnhardt went up the banking a bit. Hamilton got away. Now Darrell Waltrip is holding Earnhardt up in turn three. Hutt Strickland also getting shuffled out of the equation there. He went wide by the time he gathered the car back in. He's lost a lot of real estate, but at the point, here goes Ernie Irvin. He wants the lead. If he can get inside of Harry Gant, he's going to try him in one. He 
He does it going into turn one, taking the inside lane. Gant was a little bit too high on the racetrack, so Ernie Irvin leads. Off turn number two, Gant is second. The lap car of Bobby Hamilton next. Then Earnhardt, the lap car of Darrell Waltrip. Then comes Mark Martin as they head to turn four. And Hutt Strickland definitely has some kind of a problem. That car is really kicking up in turns one and two as he is losing a lot of ground going back in the field. Meanwhile, the leader, Ernie Irvin, he didn't hesitate. He's a lot like Earnhardt. When he gets up there, he makes a move, just does it. He knows what he wants to do, and for the moment, he wants to stay in front of the field. That's exactly what he's doing out of turn two. Stretching it out some five car lengths over Harry Gant now as they hit the end of the back straightaway. Still up there in the thick of things, the lap car of Bobby Hamilton. Earnhardt working on him to try to get around and catch Gant. Here at Dover Downs, 115 miles remain in the Spudweiser 500. Ernie Irvin leads. Harry Gant running in the second spot. Dale Earnhardt third. Mark Martin showing in fourth. Fifth is Ken Schrader. The other car in the lead lap is Hutt Strickland. He's running in the sixth spot. Those six machines are uh, the only ones on the lead lap. Running uh, in seventh spot right now is Darrell Waltrip. Eighth belongs to Morgan Shepard. Ninth position now is Rusty Wallace. And tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh is Terry Labonte. In twelfth spot, they're posting Chad Little, or correct myself, that'll be uh, Derek Cope in twelfth. Thirteenth is Bobby Hamilton. First time he's won a uh, full Winston Cup race here at Dover. Fourteenth spot now. They're putting Alan Kowicki in fifteenth to Sterling Marlin. Ernie Irvin trying to put it together for his second win of the 1991 season. They've had some good solid runs since their win at Daytona the Daytona 500 back in February. Wouldn't it be something if he pulled off the same thing that Derek Cope did last year winning the Daytona 500 and coming here and getting his second win here at Dover? Ernie Irvin leads. You know, this has been more like the normal if there is such a thing as a normal Dover race. We have seen on occasion, we've seen Earnhardt twice totally dominate uh, leading 400 and some odd laps. We saw Kale do it uh, once, as I remember. Neil Bonnet led for almost the entire race one time and uh, did not uh, win in that instance. But uh, usually you see a guy lead for 100 miles, another guy do well for 100 or so. And they're kind of seeing that today more so than one man going out and making a, a blitz for the whole afternoon. 397 miles complete. Ernie Irvin takes it back into turn number one. Harry Gant stays just about the same interval behind him that he has for the last five circuits around, and that would translate to about four car lengths as they head for turn three. About five car lengths back to Dale Earnhardt. After the restart, Earnhardt was wide up on the rear deck, and Harry Gant looked like he might be about ready to muscle up and go all around Gant, but he's fallen back significantly now, and Darrell Walter, the lapped car, is putting some pressure on Earnhardt. Who just talking up here? Darrell Walter really quick on the racetrack, but again, we remind you, he is a lap down running in the seventh spot, but nevertheless, one of the quicker cars on the racetrack. Those of you listening in on the West Coast or those who might be heading out to Sears Point for the weekend, we might remind you that Darrell Waltrip will be our guest on our television show Thursday evening, this week in NASCAR, from the studios of KTVU Television in Oakland, California. If you're in the area, listening in, or coming out for the race, uh, swing on by and join us Thursday night at 8 o'clock Pacific time, that's 11 o'clock Eastern, at KTVU Television in Oakland, California. Darrell Waltrip's got it in the wind. He just moved around Dale Earnhardt. Now he has only a couple of cars to catch, and Waltrip would be back on the lead lap. They're in turn three. Waltrip's on the roll now, closing in on Harry Gant. Got about seven or eight car lengths to make up as he swung by the inside of Earnhardt and got by him. We are under caution for the sixth time this afternoon at Dover Downs. The incident happened off turn number two, Joe. And it involves the defending winner of this Budweiser 500. Derek Cope came in a little bit too high, as he's done quite frequently this afternoon. But this time, the car got out from underneath him. It spun around, tagged the outside wall from the back end, then came down to the inside of the racetrack, hit the front end of the wall, and the car now being attended to by safety personnel here just at the exit of turn two. Well, now, this uh, is going to present an interesting situation. 405 miles are complete. we got 95 
five miles to go. Pace car brings them around, and the pit road is going to be full of all the lead cars that are on the lead lap, so they should be able to go the distance gas-wise. Most of them have said that they could make anywhere from 90 to 92, 3, or 4 miles. All right, now as we get set to go back to green, there are eight cars on the lead lap, including Morgan Shepard. He is on the tail end of the lead lap, lined up directly in front of the race leader. Though Ken Schrader, after the other cars have all come in to top off their fuel tanks, including Schrader, Kenny leads the Budweiser 500 as we get set to go racing. Green flag goes in the air, and they're down to it as they head back into turn number one. Now Morgan Shepard is on the tail end of the lead lap, and he would like to stay there. Schrader would like to put him a lap down. They're in two. Schrader looks to the outside of Shepard. No chance to make the moves. Wolf turn two. He'll look down low, but no chance to move there either. Here's Earnhardt on the move. Now he's trying to get by the lap car of Darrell Waltrip directly behind the Ken Schrader car. Earnhardt will clear the Waltrip car, and he's right up on the bumper of Kenny Schrader. Waltrip tried to get back on the lead lap. He is one lap down. He couldn't pull it off. Now Schrader trying to dispose of Morgan Shepard's Ford as he cuts to the inside in turn one. Schrader gets by. Here comes Earnhardt to the inside of Kenny Schrader. They almost make contact in turn one. Turn number two. Here's Schrader going a little bit high. Earnhardt goes to the inside of the racetrack. The Goodrich Chevrolet gets out in front again. Dale Earnhardt just simply does not hesitate. If he finds an inch, he'll shove that car right on in there and go on. That's exactly what he did on Kenny Schrader, and he's got the lead. Let's see if Schrader's going to let him hold on to it for the next few laps. Kenny takes a look at him. Back in turn number one, Earnhardt pins it right to the bottom of the racetrack. Earnhardt's got a half-car length lead on Schrader coming off the corner. Earnhardt's right down at the bottom of the track. Schrader looks wide off the corner but can't do a thing with him. He drops back another car length behind Earnhardt as it go to three. Harry Gant now, along with Hutch Strickland, both getting around Bobby Hamilton's car. Hamilton's been running well here of late, but he is now being shown four laps down after problems of earlier today. So he made sure that Hutt and Harry Gant both got by without any problems. And the lead cars are now in single-file formation on this restart. 417 laps to complete. It's been a fairly lengthy day, and to let you in a little bit of a secret, when we come here to Dover, halfway through the race, somebody always brings Barney and I some ice cream to enjoy. What does the hungry race car driver do in the middle of a race when you haven't eaten and you get hungry, Jim Phillips? What does Davey Allison do? Well, he said that they missed the setup today. They hit it seven weeks in a row and they missed it. And he said, uh, you know, he said, all this bad handling race cars got me hungry. So he asked for a chocolate-filled donut, Krispy Kreme donut. They didn't have that, so they stuck a regular donut on a broom and handed it in to him, and <laughs> he enjoyed himself a donut a while ago. Yeah, that's, that's the way happened. we feed Dick Brooks is with a broom. We, said we put about two dozen donuts on a broom and just stick it out and nothing comes back. 419 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. Let's take a look at how they're running. The leader right now is Dale Earnhardt. Correct me on that. Yes, it is Dale Earnhardt. He just zipped around, and right now Earnhardt is in the lead. Schrader rides in the number two position as they work back to turns one and two. Darrell Waltrip still trying to catch up to those front two, get himself back on the lead lap. He's had a strong car, but he's just been unable to do it. He's had a couple of times a day on a caution when he was up there, still could not catch them. The third-place car is Ernie Irvin. Fourth right now is Mark Martin. Fifth is Hutt Strickland. He's had a great run here today. Harry Gant has fallen back to sixth. Seventh is Darrell Waltrip. He is a lap down. In eighth position right now, Morgan Shepard. Riding ninth is Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Terry Labonte. The 11th place belongs to Ricky Rudd. Bobby Hamilton is being posted in 12th as the laps wind down here at Dover Downs in the Budweiser 500. Earnhardt, the leader, takes him back to turn one, and Schrader is still right there on his bumper. Schrader's all over him. Last time off turn two, he got a fender up alongside, but Earnhardt beat him down this back straightaway. Again, Schrader looks there. No chance to make the move, so he'll follow the tire tracks of Dale Earnhardt back to turn three. A little bit further back, about a second and a quarter back, the battle between Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin is continuing, but up front, here goes Schrader. He'll make the move off turn 
turn number four as Earnhardt went a little bit wide. Schrader sees the inside opening. He'll grab the lead here at Dover. Earnhardt tries to come back at him, though, coming into turn number one, but Schrader closes the door this time. So Schrader hangs on for now. Earnhardt right on his bumper, though, as they hit the end of the back straightaway. Give Kenny Schrader a lot of credit there to get himself in a position to get underneath Earnhardt. That's the only way you're going to get around Dale. Very few times will you pass him on the outside, and Schrader was sitting on ready when they came through three and four, and as they came off that corner, he put a fender up there, stayed in the throttle, and took them both into turn one. I guarantee you, a little bit harder than they wanted to, but it paid off for the lead for Kenny Schrader. He is one car length ahead out of turn two. Yeah, those single file down this back straightaway. Meanwhile, back in the third spot, Ernie Irvin's trying to hold off the Mark Martin car. That was a good battle just moments ago. Harry Gant sits right behind Martin. For now, they all go single file. Those cars have gotten around Hutt Strickland, who is also running on the lead lap. He is now being shown in sixth position. Those are the only cars on the lead lap. In seventh, it's Darrell Waltrip. Morgan Shepard is eighth. Ninth, Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh, Terry Labonte. Twelfth is Bobby Hamilton. Joe Rutman is 13th. Alan Kowicki, 14th. 15th spot now is Sterling Marlin. 16th belongs to Bill Elliott. Richard Petty is 17th. Earnhardt's got a problem through three and four. Joe Moore from here, we can see him drifting way high. Car looks like the rear end is really kicking out, and he is smoking those tires. In one and two, he's able to keep it down a little bit, but in three and four, not doing that well. Similar to what happened earlier this afternoon, Barney, his car was making nice moves through turns one and two, but up in three and four, it just seemed to want to go up the banking a little more, and uh, Earnhardt was really trying to bind the car up. Actually, wasn't trying to bind the car up, but was trying to make that hard left turn and keep it down at the bottom of the track and the result of that was a lot of smoke boiling off that right rear tire for now a little bit smoother as he makes his way off turn four back into turn one again Earnhardt right down at the bottom of the racetrack he's not letting Schrader get too far away but still about a car link separates the two and Earnhardt so far unsuccessful in trying to get back around and take the lead here at Dover Downs International Speedway, a scary moment for Terry Labonte working through turns one and two. Labonte's car shot right up the banking and slammed into the outside wall. He's done some damage to the right side of the car, has caved in some sheet metal on that right front tire. He's down on the inside of the racetrack, now headed back over to the pits. It's a tough break. Terry Labonte was being shown in the 11th position, had a pretty good solid run going here today, limping around on the apron of the racetrack up in three and four, and will be heading to pit road. 436 miles are complete in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. Right now, it is Kenny Schrader, and he is pulled away from Dale Earnhardt by a healthy margin right now of a little better than maybe a second. Meanwhile, the battle for third place has been a pretty tight one. Ernie Irvin trying to hold on to it. Harry Gant's been working on him. Mark Martin is within striking distance. Gant takes a look underneath Irvin here in the front straightaway. May put a charge on him in turn one. Gant puts the Oldsmobile right down on the bottom of the track, pulls alongside Irvin and shoots right on by him already before they get to turn two. He's picked up a car length on Ernie Irvin. So move Gant up to the second spot. Irvin's in third, and now a fast-closing fourth place, Mark Martin. Well, they are Harry's cars handling now as well as anybody's is on the racetrack. Harry Gant just riding the lower side of this racetrack. The track kind of will just whip the race car around when you're down there or down low, and Harry Gant taking advantage of it, diving into the turns and picking up positions as he goes. Terry Labonte leaving pit road after service in the crew. Jim Phillips, how bad was the damage? Well, they put the right side tires on it, tried to pull the cheap side out as best they could. The right front tire uh, went down on him. That's what caused him to hit the wall. Of course, it's the toe end is locked in on the car. The head is probably uh, up to do the best he can to finish. And kind of a frustrating year for Terry Labonte and the Sunoco team. They had kind of hoped to have a lot better finishes than they've had. They've run strong on occasion, but they've had a lot of kind of strange things, as they say in this business, happen to them in many of the different races that we've run. 
very shortly. 440 miles on the board. Just one more circuit around. There'll be 60 laps to go here at Dover in the Budweiser 500 this afternoon. And Dick Brooks, it looks like Dale Earnhardt is not getting through the corners. Has Childress, Richard Childress, the car owner, said anything about Earnhardt's problem? Well, they're climbing in pretty close. They're kind of analyzing every lap as to where he's right behind the car or if there's a car behind him. I say this car's a little bit loose, and they didn't expect that. They thought they had the car plenty tight for him. One thing that may have happened was when Schrader was running right on his bumper, the Schrader was running down under him enough, or low enough under him, which uh, he was running underneath him a little bit in the middle of the corner, that uh, that would make the car uh, a little bit loose. Uh, you guys had uh, said there was smoke coming from the tires off of turn four up there, which indeed it was. I've seen it in time or two. Earnhardt could have been turning just enough uh, burning, the, burning the right rear tire just enough to soften it up. And uh, if he does, he's going to have to have another set of tires before he can get caught back up. He's not going to be able to cool it down. Another thing, there was uh, uh, Daryl Waldrop was riding really close on Earnhardt at one time also. That, again, would loosen Earnhardt's car up some and cause a problem for him. Now, Earnhardt has slipped away from Waldrop and may be able to go back up back up towards uh, uh, the 25 car and uh, we'll have to see as the race gets further on here but I think you know you, I think you've, you've had reports of drivers talking about a driver behind you a lot of times does a lot more damage to your car than a driver in front of you and I think that's what's going to happen to Earnhardt he keeps lifting the air off the spoiler and making the car more loose when the car's behind him that can happen a lot of times but right now Kenny Schrader's advantage is about one and two tenths seconds that's going to be hard to overcome the way Schrader's getting around here and Earnhardt having a little problem Dale may be able to cool those tires down and have one last shot at him without making a pit stop but it's going to be awfully hard for him to do because he's not gaining any ground right now he's losing ground in fact Joe Moore if he looks back he's going to see Harry Gant closing in on him a little bit tighter Gant is chopping down the distance there still got a car separating Gant from uh, Earnhardt but for Kenny Schrader this may be a break for Earnhardt too because Schrader himself is in a pack of heavy traffic just getting around Rick Mast and is closing in now on a couple other slower cars of course that's traffic that uh, Earnhardt himself will have to negotiate here in just a moment or so with 55 laps 55 miles remaining here at Dover Downs International Speedway Ken Schrader continues to lead here at Dover Downs International Speedway last time Barney had the stopwatch going Earnhardt had cut off four tenths of a second from the race leader Ken Schrader this time by it is eight tenths of a second that is all but now Earnhardt gets caught up behind a double deck cars Joe Rutman on the outside of Kenny Wallace will hold up Earnhardt momentarily Rutman gets by Wallace and now Earnhardt swings wide to clear the Joe Rutman machine Dale definitely is catching the leader not all that much each lap around but he still has plenty of time. 454 miles are complete. Schrader across the line. Earnhardt across the line as they go back into turn number one. Kenny will go around the lap car of Richard Petty and head for turn two and Dale gets even closer. When we're talking about seconds, we can start talking about car links very shortly as Earnhardt continues to reel in Kenny Schrader. Only the lap car of Richard Petty now separate the two. We'll mark it at about five car links between Earnhardt and the race leader. Further back, Harry Gant trying to work his way around some race traffic. He cuts to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. Did you notice this last time, though, Barney? Dale Earnhardt showed that smoke off the right rear tire again as he went high in turn three and four. Now Joey's doing the same thing in front of you. Absolutely, right up into that outer lane where he does not want to be. He had Almost gotten by Richard Petty, but now has to fall back. Now we'll go to work on Petty and get by in turn three. Dale Earnhardt making one last run at Kenny Schrader. Might have run the car just a little bit too hard in both ends of the speedway. And again, as Dick Brooks said, overheat those tires, get them a little bit soft and not be able to get through the corner. That 
uh, interval he had gained a moment ago and chopped it down to maybe eight or ten car lengths. He's lost it now back to about 12 or 15. They're out of turn two. He's fallen off definitely as he was trying to track him down. It closed in significantly, and now he's got quite a bit of distance to make up. Schrader, meanwhile, pulling up behind a lap car going through turn number three. Earnhardt was some clear sailing, but still a lot of ground to make up. Earlier, it was eight-tenths of a second. Remember, that was what, it, what Earnhardt was trailing Schrader by. After that last lap, it is now one and two-tenths seconds. So that was a costly excursion around the Monster Mile as we wind our way towards lap 457 right now of 500 here in Dover, Delaware. The leader is working up towards turn three, and so too Mark Martin and some of the others who have now found their niche on the racetrack but are running basically unchallenged either way. Ernie Irvin running in fourth spot, Mark Martin being shown in fifth, Hutt Strickland running back in sixth spot. Those six cars are on the lead lap at lap 458. And there's about a two-second separation between the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth-place cars, so they're not really running all that close here in the late stages of the Budweiser 500. 458 miles are complete in the Bud 500 here at Dover Downs, and we'll take you a little bit further back. We took you back to about sixth position. Seventh is still Darrell Walker. Eighth, that's Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Rusty Wallace. Tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh is Bobby Hamilton. Alan Kulwicki is being posted twelfth. Sterling Marlin is thirteenth. 14th is Joe Ruttman, and rounding out the top 15 is Bill Elliott. Boy, it's been a frustrating day here for Bill Elliott. And this is usually a racetrack he runs extremely well, but he has been behind since he just had more than his share of problems, made unscheduled pit stops, and is being shown several laps down to the leaders right now. He went flag to flag here last fall in the Peak 500. He won the uh, Unical Challenge in that instance. Today, $38,000 on the line in the Unical Challenge, but only to Michael Waltrip, who, of course, has uh, retired from the event with engine failure. So next weekend at Sears Point, $45,600 will be on the line for the Unical Challenge. How many bucks do you think that Unical has given away eight times now that the Unical Challenge has been won, including that uh, that big, big payday for Kyle Petty at Rockingham last year? you have any idea? I, I added it up the other day. Got to be six, $700,000. Darn close to it. Uh, the actual total comes out to uh, $500,000, uh, give or take a few bucks, and that's still uh, a pretty good uh, contribution over the years. It really Half a million dollars is not anything to sneeze at, that's for sure. 462 miles go up on the scoreboard here at Dover Downs. They're still chasing Kenny Schrader. Earnhardt put a good charge on him a moment ago. But right now, Earnhardt has fallen off the pace again, and we see that smoke coming off that tire as he works his way through three and four. About a half a straightaway separate the two now over in turn three. Earnhardt's having his uh, time really having a hard time, but just getting around some of the lap traffic. That's where he was doing so well earlier this afternoon. Now it's Schrader who's able to pick the outside or the inside and get by. It's in that heavy traffic that Earnhardt really gets bound up and starts smoking those tires. It was just in turns three and four, but now we're seeing him taking a little bit higher line through one and two as well. As it stands now, there's two lap cars separating Erner Hart from Kenny Schrader. About three seconds, the margin between the two. Well, Ken Schrader working his way on the low side of the racetrack. His car is still handling very, very well. Ken Schrader has never won here at Dover Downs International Speedway. As far as uh, car owner wins are concerned, Rick Hendrick does have one win as a car owner here, but uh, has not uh, been the car owner, obviously, for Ken Schrader when Kenny uh, has yet to uh, get into victory lane. You know what? Interesting thing. Remember for so many years, Barney, this was a Ford racetrack. Ford had dominated, uh, whether it was because of the uh, power curve or the Ford engines or whatever it was, Ford had dominated here at Dover for a long, long time. Now, all of a sudden, Chevrolet has 15 wins to Ford's 13 wins. So it has been a, a big turnaround over the last number of seasons. That's been the case in a lot of racetracks around the country in the, in the last 
four or five years. What used to be a Ford track has turned into a Chevrolet track or vice versa. 465 miles complete, 35 miles to go in the Budweiser 500. At least one consolation for Dale Earnhardt. He may not win this race, but he sure brought the crowd to their feet and had a good run going. Dominated better than half of the race all day long, and it's certainly been a factor to win it, and still is, because anything can happen in this business. But one consolation for him right now, he's not being challenged, even though his car is not running as strong as it was earlier. He's got second place pretty well in tow as he works his way in through turns three and four. Nobody real close to him. Harry Gant was closing in a moment ago, but now Gant has dropped off the pace a little bit. As Gant looks back, he may be in danger of losing that third spot before this race is over because Ernie Irvin all of a sudden has chopped down some... Oh, a good second and a half on Harry Gant. That's a good battle heading over to turn two. Irvin had to deal with some heavy traffic a couple of laps ago. That held him up for a while, but he's finally cleared those cars. And one of the cars he was dealing with was Darrell Waltrip, who's not on the lead lap, but has been running right for the leaders most of the day today. Irvin finally getting by Waltrip. Now he's about five car lengths away from Gant. 26 miles remain in the Budweiser 500 at Dover Downs International Speedway. Still Ken Schrader leading Dale Earnhardt. Harry Gant third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. Fifth is Mark Martin. And Hutch Strickland running in the sixth spot. Those positions remaining unchanged. I'll tell you what. you got to admire Harry Gant. He's over. He admits to being over 50 years of age. He'll come out of this race car this afternoon at Dover, and I'll guarantee some of the guys half his age will be in the shower letting the water run over them, and they're just totally zonked out, and Harry will bounce out of that car, go in there, take a shower, and go home and get in his airplane and, and still be ready. He really could run another three or 400 miles. He stays in shape. He gets out, works physically. He likes to do carpentry work over around Hickory, North Carolina. He used to be a roofer. Uh, put roofs on chicken houses and things. In fact, out near where I live out there one day, I went into a snack bar, and Harry's sitting there. I said, what are you doing over here? And he said, I'm putting a roof on a chicken house not too far from where you live down here. And he just flat gets out there and works, and he hustles a race car as hard as anybody, but he is in really, really good physical shape to give it a good run here today. 484 miles are on the scoreboard here at Dover, 16 miles to go, and there's not much you can do in the situation right now. Schrader has his car pretty well hooked up. You heard Richard Childress say that they had just lost the combination they had earlier today because he certainly dominated this race during the first half. Still getting good lap times, but the problem is that everybody else, by the time they got to the halfway point and Earnhardt had the tire problem, they too had started running pretty much the same speed that Dale did in the early going. 15 miles to go in the Budweiser 500. Kenny Schrader is the leader by a couple of seconds. Dale Earnhardt is second. It's about a two-second margin back to the third-place car of Harry Gant and a little better than a second and a half back to the fourth-place machine right now of Ernie Irvin and pretty much an equal distance of a couple of seconds also between the fifth-place car, Mark Martin. It's going to be an unusual finish here, Eli, because normally there's at least a really strong race going either for third or fourth or fifth or something, but uh, for the last 30 or 40 circuits around here, this field has been kind of strung out and nobody's able to close up or get away any more than they have since they put them back under green. Alan Kowicki is on pit road for a fuel stop only. Interestingly, he came in on lap 412 when... Uh, uh, Earnhardt and Ernie Irvin and Gant and Mark Martin and Hutt Strickland all topped off. He was one of the uh, seven or eight cars who pitted on that lap, and here he is having to come in on 487. I would only have to assume he just didn't get a full fuel tank in Alan Kowicki's uh, situation. It's been a frustrating day for Alan Kowicki. has in several races this year. They're, they, too, are a team that's trying to get things turned around in the right direction. As the laps are winding down, there'll be 12 miles to go. 488 are complete in the Budweiser 500. We gave you the top five. Let's look a little further back. In sixth place right now, Hutt Strickland. He is still on the lead lap also. A lap down, running in seventh, is Darrell Waltrip. The eighth position belongs to Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd rounds out the top ten. Bobby Hamilton is 11th. Twelfth position belongs to Sterling Marlin. 
13th is Joe Ruttman. 14th is Alan Kowicki. He'll drop out of that spot after making that stop there just a moment ago. So he's going to fall back to 15th position, and that will slide Bill Elliott up into 14th, and that takes us back through the top 15 with a little less than 10 miles to go. Another driver who just came in on pit road, and here comes Sterling Marlin. This is unusual. Now, Sterling came in on lap 411 to top off. Dave Marcus came in on lap 412 to top off, and he has just stopped. Uh, you would think that these fellows would have no trouble going the distance, but uh, two of the cars that came in after the others had have uh, decided to come back in for a splash of fuel. Well, if they look at that fuel gauge and the pressure is going down, if the fuel pressure is going down rather than take a chance of losing 10 or 15 spots, you're still a little bit better off to come in and make sure that you will be able to go the distance. Sterling Marlin trying to get back up to speed. 490 laps are being posted on the scoreboard, so we'll go into the final nine miles, make that 491 has just come up on the scoreboard out of the middle of the infield area here at Dover Downs. So nine miles to go for Kenny Strader to try to keep it all together. As he looks back there, Dale Earnhardt has faded a little bit more. Earnhardt has about nine miles to pull a rabbit out of a hat, so to speak, if he's going to win this race as they head up to turn three. Trader just cruises off into turn number three. Earnhardt gets around a lapped car, the machine of Bobby Hamilton, fighting that car every time he tries to pass some of that slower traffic. Again, we're watching Trader pick his way through some of the traffic. No problems at all. He can go high or low, but you can just watch, at least from our viewpoint here, you can watch Earnhardt going around those slower cars. When he does, his car just slows down because it does seem to bind up when he goes on the outside of the racetrack, and we're continuing to see that smoke boil off the tires. So Earnhardt fighting that car, but still not able to close the gap much on Kenny Schrader. Here comes Terry Labonte. His Oldsmobile will slow on the racetrack. He'll come to the attention of Steve Lloyd and the crew on lap 493. Rick Hendrick could be a two-time car-owning winner here at uh, Dover Downs. He was the car owner for Jeff Bodine back in this event in 1986 when Jeffrey went to Victory Lane. And of course, he is the car owner for Ken Schrader and the uh, Kodiak Chevrolet. So we'll see how things go. We'll get the interval for you this time by see how uh, Kenny might be letting off or Dale might be gaining just a bit. It is one and a half seconds, 1.56, with six miles of racing remaining. The leaders are back in turn two. Kenny Schrader closing in on the Joe Rutman car. He'll swing to the outside of Rutman. Rutman gives him plenty of racing room as he head down to turn three. Meanwhile, Earnhardt just behind him coming up on the Tommy Ellis car. He'll pass that machine going to turn three. Been watching a lot of smoke come off the tires of Harry Gant as he worked his way through turns three and four, a couple of laps around. Gant's car kicking up from the bottom also but I think he'll nurse it on home with just five miles to go. Kenny Schrader still the leader. Earnhardt's got five miles to do something with him. They're out of turn two. Schrader swings off turn two, hits the back straightaway now. Some clear sailing for him. Earnhardt still to deal with the Joe Rutman car before he could catch up with Schrader. The front five cars remain. Kenny Schrader, Dale Earnhardt, Harry Gant, then Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin, Hut Strickland, the only other car in the lead lap running in the sixth spot. Four miles to go, four more miles for Schrader back in turn one. Kenny Schrader gets around the lap traffic, puts it right down to the bottom of the track. Again, smoothly sailing off turn two. Here on this back straightaway, he has about a 20-car length lead over Earnhardt. Earnhardt still manhandling his car, trying to keep it at the bottom of the track as he enters turn three. Boy, a tough break for Terry Labonte. He is off the pace considerably. He's out there just trying to nurse the car home. He'd been up in the top 10 or 12 positions most of the day. Now he's fallen all the way back to 24th, and he wants to stay out there and finish at if that all possible. 497 miles are complete of the Budweiser 500. Kenny Schrader hanging on to the lead. Eases around this racetrack. 
Earnhardt pretty well knows right now that there's not much way he's going to chase him down unless he has a problem. Although, give him all the credit in the world, Earnhardt's cut down better than a half a second. He's pulled up there within some 12 or 15 car lengths of Schrader as they head back to turn one. Kenny works the lap traffic, getting around the Kenny Wallace machine. Now clear sailing back up into the corner. Here's Earnhardt going to the outside of Wallace. Earnhardt still having to deal with Joe Rutman. Rutman holds it down low off turn two. Earnhardt goes to the outside of that car and pulls even with Rutman at the end of the back stretch. Ken Schrader just a mile and a quarter away now from his second win of this 1991 racing season off turn four. White flag from Doyle Ford. One more time around for the Kodiak Chevrolet as he heads towards victory lane. He's back in one. No lap traffic will come into play for Kenny Schrader as he's all alone up about halfway the banking of turns one and two. Right down at the bottom of the track, the crowd cheers as he passes us here on the back straightaway. Still about a 15 car length margin over Dale Earnhardt. And that's just about what it's going to end up here. Here comes Schrader off turn number four. This crowd is on their feet to cheer him into his second win in 1991. And Kenny Schrader takes the checkered flag and wins the Budweiser 500. Dale Earnhardt will finish second. Harry Gant will cross the line third. Finishing in fourth position should be Ernie Irvin. And rounding out the top five will be Mark Martin. We're back at Overdowns International Speedway. Kenny Schrader will be heading down to Victory Lane here in just a moment. Unofficially, let's give you the top five. Schrader is the winner. Earnhardt will finish second. Harry Gant third. Fourth, Ernie Irvin. And rounding out the top five will be Mark Martin. Let's check in with Jim Phillips. Well, Dale Earnhardt's just crawled out of his uh, Goodwin Chevrolet. Dale, a flat tire seemed to spoil domination today. You had him covered till that happened. Well, the car worked real good. and You know, he's lucky to get back from that flat tire. And heck, we're happy with it. We come to Dover and finish just good. We are. Yeah, considering last year when you had so much trouble, but it seemed like today you had a, a trying to get that lap back was the toughest part of the day for you after that trouble. Well, it was. It was. Dale Earnhardt finishes second here at Dover today in the Goodrin Chevrolet. Good third place run today for Harry Gant. Ernie Irvin finishing fourth. Fifth goes to Mark Martin. Sixth, Hutch Strickland. Seventh will be Darrell Waltrip. Morgan Shepard eighth. Ninth to Rusty Wallace. And tenth going to Ricky Rudd. We'll, of course, give you the full 35 car rundown in just a moment or so. Let's check in with Gary Montgomery. I'm standing alongside Ernie Irvin. Car number four finishing in the number four spot. Not bad to run, Ernie. Well, I tell you, you know, we were uh, saving fuel at the end. We, we, we weren't fast enough to run with the guys up front, but... Uh, we ran out of gas on the last lap, so we're pretty happy with the fourth. And, you know, owe it all to the, all these guys with the Kodak team, Morgan McClure Racing, Chevrolet, Delco Remy. They all did a good job, gave me a good race car today. A whole lot better luck today than yesterday, of course. Yeah, well, I almost didn't make it to the end, but uh, we did a little better luck. You were in the top uh, ten all day long and a good, strong run. We did. This car handled excellent all day. Runt gave us a good motor, and, uh, you know, we just couldn't ask for things to go any better except for finish three spots up. Well, maybe you can do that when you get back on the West Coast next weekend. That's true. Ernie Irvin, fourth place finish in the Kodako Chevrolet. Here at Dover Downs International Speedway, the fans filing back out, heading towards home as we check down in victory lane. Well, we sure do. There's a pretty happy bunch of people down here. Kenny, second time this season you've been in victory lane. I guess the first time you've ever been in victory lane here at this place. This is, this is a tough one to tame. Yeah, I tell you what, though. I mean, we felt good about the car all week. I messed up qualifying. I had the guys uh, chase the car and get it a little jacked out of shape. Started 19th, but I told him yesterday afternoon we were good. And I told him, I, for change, I'm going to try to use my head and just see what happens at the end. And they put us in a position with pit work to, to be in the front at the end. Well, the car ran really well all day. I mean, you stayed pretty close in the front. You stayed, you know, well in the hunt, all right. And then all of a sudden, you just took off. Was it just the, just the right kind of tires or just uh, everything get a feeling? I'll tell you what, we were, we were good all day. At different times, we were better than others. There was times we were running fifth that we didn't need to be run fifth. We could run better, but we was taking a ride and waiting until the end, Dick. Richard Broom standing here. Richard, pretty happy day, yeah? 
I'll tell you, this is what it's all about, Dick. Yeah, I think you're right. Did you ever think that maybe, you you know, Earnhardt ran away with everything so fast from the first, did you think maybe that they was just going to start slipping back up in there? No, they, Frank was giving my time intervals, and I could pick it up if I had to. You know, I run as hard as I could there for a little bit to make sure I could get away, and we were getting away. I knew he'd run as hard as he could. He wasn't going to come back on me, you know I mean? He was going to use up everything he had right from the get-go. So I thought, figure without a yellow, we'd be okay. All right, I'll tell you, there's a happy bunch here. They're getting a little bit tired now. After you get out of one of these things for a while, you kind of start getting into a sinking spell, you know, after about 10 minutes. And, and uh, so they're starting to get a little bit tired. It's a long day. I'm sure you don't realize how tired you are until you get out of one of these things after 500 miles at Dover. Let's check back in with Jim Phillips. Well, Harry Gant, third place finish today. And considering that smoke out of the uh, car those last 10 laps, uh, you must feel mighty lucky. Yeah, we, uh, we thought we was going to win the race, though. And, uh, you know, the car ran super. It's got a kind of a bad set of tires after last. And whatever's making it smoke took a little power away from the motor. And uh, I didn't know it was smoking. I know it got weaker. They said it was smoking. It seemed to lose some RPM. What happened on the sequence of pit stops when everybody came down pit road and you stayed out? Well, they said the flag wasn't out. It's closed. Pit road was going to be closed. Then they hollered it's open. But the guys behind me went in, but I couldn't get in. So I had to come make an extra lap. And after that, your car didn't seem to run as good. Well, it just had a lot hard time getting through traffic. That's Harry Gant, third place finisher here this afternoon for the Budweiser 500. We have now got uh, the final rundown in our hands. Take a look at them. Kenny Schrader will be the winner. Unofficially, Earnhardt will finish second. Harry Gant, third. Ernie Irvin finishes fourth. Mark Martin, fifth. Hut Strickland, sixth. Darrell Waltrip, seventh. Morgan Shepard will finish eighth. Ninth goes to Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd rounds out the top ten. Bobby Hamilton is 11th. Joe Rutman will finish 12th. Bill Elliott, 13th. Alan Kulwicki, 14th. 15th position will go to Sterling Marlin. Davey Allison finishes 16th. 17th to Richard Petty. 18th to Ted Musgrave. Finishing 19th, Bobby Hillen in the Jimmy Means car. And Rick Mass will round out the top 20. 21st will be Tommy Ellis. More, uh, 20, uh, finishing in 22nd spot was Lake Speed. Do you ever have that happen to you? Only it once does a day. does right here. Dave Marcus finishes 23rd. 24th will be Terry Labonte. Rick Wilson, 25th. 26th will be Kenny Wallace. 27th spot today goes to Derek Cope. 28th will be Jimmy Spencer. Finishing in 29th position, Chad Little. 30th will go to Mickey Gibbs. J.D. McDuffie finishes 31st. Michael Waltrip takes home 32nd place honors today. 33rd goes to Brett Bodine. 34th spot will be Bobby Labonte. And first out of the race today, finishing in 35th, will be Dale Jarrett. That's the running order here at Dover Downs International Speedway. We do want to thank those you heard on the air, Joe Moore, Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Gary Montgomery for their fine jobs. Up on the scoring loop today, the pride of Halifax, Nova Scotia, Joan Rue joining us alongside Gussie Johnson. Our production assistants were Eddie LaRue and Mike Bagley, and we certainly hope you've enjoyed our coverage today from Dover Downs International Speedway. Until we talk to you next, for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks so much for joining us. So long, everybody. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.